You're listening to the Superpod HeroCast, a Night Shift Radio production. Okay, I think we should do our intro, and then let's take a moment to talk or about the fact that this has, is an experiment. Or has the intro already happened because this is an experiment, and all I've talked about is just already happened. Like, Is it happening? You mean it's not? Is it happening now? Everything that's happening now is happening now. Wait, just now? Right. <laughs> what about then? Just missed <laughs> All right. Uh, well, sure. I mean, we should at least say hello. Hello. Welcome to the Superpod <laughs> HeroCast Summer Fun Adventures. We're going to take the next, at least this summer and next summer, we already talked about what we're going to do next summer, and try some different fun experimental yeah. things, not stick to the the formula. Um, so we're here to do a double feature. We are. Uh, initially, we were going to do, I had chosen Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, and, of course, who would have done the extended version because I love extended things. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> and you had chosen Tron. I did. And I was like, well, fuck. There's a movie from the 80s that also stars Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, That yeah. would make a good, like, this would actually make a good real double feature. It really would. This worked out really, really nicely. Um, but to your point, you know, we're kind of, we're going off the off the script here, we're figuring this out. This is our mm-hmm. first double feature. Um, as you and I are so often uh, want to do, uh, we have an idea, we shoot it around a little bit, uh, and then uh, we go our separate ways, and we both, in our minds, build a construct of what this is going to be. And then yep. we come back together right before we record, and we're like, oh, is that what you thought? Oh, I was thinking this. Oh, like, you were thinking like that? Like this morning? This. Yeah, like this morning. <laughs> uh, so we're not exactly sure how this is going to end up, yeah, Next spoiler, time we, do, we didn't actually land on what we were going to yeah. do. We were just like, well, let's just fucking... Like, I think we need to go back to the grassroots of this podcast. It's organic. Like a fern. Yeah, That's like right. that. Yeah, That's right. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about each movie, not in the usual level of detail that we usually do. No. Because no, we're no, not no, going to no, be no, here no. for five hours. Oh, good Lord. Thank God. And, and then we're going to talk a little bit about how these two movies work or don't work together as a double feature. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this didn't know five hours. What is this fucking Man of Steel? Come on, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I haven't even started drinking yet. Uh, well, let's start with that. Um, yeah, the, you know we're guys with beers talking about movies with kids. I really yeah. want to make this like as drop free as possible. Sure. Perfect. I'm yeah, sure you're very happy about that. I'm I can totally see you're like, happy with that. Yes. Yeah, go for it, man. All right. Uh, we, um, <laughs> so where do we funny start? Funny story. Yeah. <laughs> so I, because each of us picked a movie. Uh, you had the very good idea. Like, y- you'll pick the beer to go with the movie you picked. I'll pick the beer that goes with the movie that I picked. Yeah. We we swapped them. Um, but, of course, both those beers we found at our favorite beer shop, Branching Out Bottle Shop in Township 5, Camillus, New York. We went in uh, a day apart, I think. And no, Carissa, hours apart. Oh, was it I hours? Went, yes. Uh, so you, had, you picked your beer. You left. Uh, right after work, I went in, I grabbed my beer, and as I bring it up to the counter, Carissa starts laughing. And I go, what's so funny? She goes, no, I'm not going to tell you. You'll figure it out. <coughs> well, as I was pulling up the beer info, I figured it out. <laughs> and it works perfectly that this is a double feature because both our beers, we'll only talk about the one for Tron because that's the yep. first one we're going to talk about. But uh, where does this beer come from? 
Common Roots Brewing Company. <laughs> God, where does my beer come from? Common Roots Brewing Company. <laughs> it's like we were made to do a podcast oh, together. It's so ridiculous. No now, discussion, nothing. I didn't even tell you what the beer was. No. I just nope. said, hey, I have the beer. Yep. Uh, now, this is the... Hang on. Well, Before we continue, so sure, that, sure. that doesn't need to constantly be uh, taken out, I am coming off a uh, little sick kid cold. I didn't right. have a little sick... There was a student in our class that had a cold, and of course... Excuse me. And of course, because it's little kid germs coming into adult bodies, it mutates into the plague. So if (laughs) I sound a little off or cough once in a while, that's why I'm not dying. Just a cold. Okay. It's settling in my chest, dear listeners. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, the this is actually the second time we've had this company's beer on our podcast. Way back in episode 113 for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, we drank... Common Roots Brewing Company's Unknown Roots. Oh. And so we're back here. Uh, Common Roots Brewing Company is just down the road in Glens Falls, New York. The idea to open a microbrewery orig- originated in 2005 when Bert and Christian brewed their first beer together. But the concept of brewing and enjoying beer is rooted in a family heritage that can be traced back to the old world. It was through honoring their family's roots, as well as their love of craft beer, that Common Roots Brewing Company was born. Since opening their taproom doors for the first time in December of 2014, they've produced a variety of beer styles that they feel will appeal to any craft beer consumer. I, we, The Unknown Roots was a sour Saison. We haven't drank a lot of sours on this podcast, but we loved that beer. As soon as yep. I pulled this up, I was like, oh, yeah. Do you, do you remember what uh, my beer, what it was? Uh, I do. I have it right here. <laughs> They're both double hop India pale ales. I mean... Yep. Yep, yep. Crazy. So, uh, so our first beer that we're going to talk about this, e- is e- this evening goes with the movie Tron. And the beer we're drinking is Hyperflight Double IPA because one of the key sequences in the film is when they've um, captured this solar sailor, really cool ship flying on the light beam. So Hyperflight, yeah, sure, we'll go with that. This is a <laughs> double yeah, Sure, we'll pop- go with that. Yeah, that's we'll go a good way to... <laughs> yeah. The double IPA features Galaxy, Vic Secret, and Citra hops. Prepare yourself for a flight path through atmospheric layers of freshly zested citrus and tropical fruit punch. 8% alcohol by volume, and of course, 16-ounce craft can. Mm-hmm. Also, a uh, little spoiler, a hyperflight was almost what I chose. <laughs> because Chris, I messaged her. She's like, they were right next to each other. Yep, and I almost went with hyperflight. Oh, this, it's got a nice aroma. Oh, I'm really nope. happy. I, if, oh, I really yeah. needed this today. You and me both, brother. Yep. So All right. right. There. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's really good. Oh, that's very refreshing. Yeah. Perfect for today. Yeah. <laughs> today yeah, was it. Today was a what I remember growing up in Syracuse spring day. Yeah. You could be outside in t-shirt jeans. As long as you're not moving around a whole lot, you're not going to be sweating. It's a very comfortable day. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to uh, experience the wonders of the Special Olympics here in uh, the great state of Syracuse. State of Syracuse? Fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The great city of Syracuse. Uh, a local high school here hosted them. All the different uh, special ed high schools brought their kids in, including my son. So I got to see him a little bit today. He was very happy to see me. Um, so good day all around. That's cool. That's cool. That's great, man. Okay. Well, that is a good beer. So once again, our buddies over branching out never let us down and uh, very happy with this one. So uh, let's start with a question for sure. you. Sure. Why did you choose Tron? This was, uh, this one is definitely one that could have been on our movie milestones list. It's a seminal movie for me. It comes out in 1982. I'm 11 years old. I was a a shocker. I was a geek fascinated by. Was? Yeah. Fascinated by the CGI. And, And this movie is one of the first films to use CGI to any real extent. Now, it's not all CGI. There's practical stuff in there as well, but um, it, it was and just so iconic, and it's stuck with me. An old-school special effect from a franchise that both you and I both love. Yep. The uh, the lighting effect. And I rotoscoping. Rotoscoping, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. That's how they are in the original Star Wars movie. I think by Empire... It's so hard to f- to remember because they've been specialized so much that they've taken yeah. away the rotoscoping. Mm-hmm. Um, but in essence, the original lightsabers were practical, much like they are now. But instead of just being illuminated, they were these reflective light, uh, ref- not reflective light, reflective uh, foil that mm-hmm. created almost like a flash effect. And they'd put a very thin strip of it on there and it would spin. And that would create the lightsaber effect in the at least in a new hope. Interesting, interesting. Um, y- yeah, in, oh, and, and in this, it's on their suits on all the the Tron player suits. Yep, yep. Uh, and the in addition to being a movie, now this is a Disney movie, so no surprise, uh, it's merchandise to hell. But growing up in you know 1982, I could not wait to get to. Skating place and or Sportsorama and Playtron and it was one of the coolest video games at the time. Loved it. Absolutely if anyone it. has ever been to the Strong National Museum of Play, they have a Tron there. Do they really? Uh, yeah. Hang on. Sorry, I got a new phone and I don't know how to put it on silent. <laughs> there we go. I got it. Uh, yeah, they do. In their retro gaming section, they've got that. They've got Astro Blaster. They've got uh, just a whole bunch of Afterburner, the actual like cockpit version yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Oh, wow. That's wild. That's wild. Uh, yeah, so Tron is a favorite for me. I mm-hmm. loved it when it came out. Um, I loved Tron Legacy. I really enjoyed that. I, um, you know, kind of surprised we haven't had more Tron content, to be honest with you. Well, Tron Legacy ate dog shit at the box office. Yeah, well, that's why we haven't gotten more of it. Interesting, you say that. So the this one, the Tron, the original, um, also was not seen as a success. So this comes out in 1982. I'm going to do the money first because we got here organically. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a budget of 17 million dollars. It does 50 million dollars five zero at the box office. 
Now, $1982 to 2023, the conversion factor, 3.18. So that's a $54 million budget, $159 million at the box office. Um, here's an interesting quote I pulled off the Wikipedia. This was Disney's highest grossing live action film for five years. In addition, the film had $70 million in wholesale merchandise sales. Jesus. Despite the gross and the merchandise sales, it was seen as a financial disappointment, and the studio wrote off some of its $17 million budget. Just shocking to me. Now, it has since, you know, developed its own life as a cult film, and, you know, it's often considered one of the great cult classics of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, well, surprise, surprise, the studio is going to write off a movie that actually made some money. I mean, Back to the Future <laughs> still apparently is in the red. Come on. Well, that Hollywood accounting. Yeah. Of course, according to Universal. And, I mean, that's why Bob Zemeckis, I mean, Bob Zemeckis, Bob Gale, and who's the third person? Oh, Spielberg. <laughs> who's the yeah. third person on that yeah, list? Yeah. Um, that? The three producers the say. The indie director. You'll never make a remake as long as the three of us are alive. Like, it's like some sort of clause that they have. And I'm like, good. Good. Yeah. Because, frankly, remakes from the late 80s, early 90s usually suck. (laughs) You're not going to get any better than those movies. Yeah. Um, This movie is written by, written and directed by a guy, Steven Lisberger. He's got a few credits, two that were noteworthy. Um, one was the John Cusack vehicle Hot Pursuit. Oh, wow. Okay. Which was a great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other one was a TV movie. It was iconic for me and my brothers, and I don't know if you would have ever seen it. It would have come out, I think it came out in 1980, maybe, so before you were born. But I wonder if you've seen it. It's, it was called Animal Olympics. It was a TV movie. It was animated. <clears throat> Barbara Walters was a voice. Gilda Radner were voices. And it was like an animal version of the Olympics, but it was covered like the way like and it NBC wasn't, sports. Was it the was it the Hanna-Barbera characters? No. no I'm, that's something else they did. That's something else. Yeah, yeah. There were yeah. so many spoofs of the Olympics in the yeah. 80s for some reason. Just in the 80s. Like, they just kept doing it. Like, guys, there's other things to spoof. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Oh, Animal it's great. Yep. If you ever, Animal Olympics, if you ever get a chance to see it, it came out in 1980 on NBC and it was just wonderful. So some of the voices, Billy Crystal, Gilda Radner, Harry Shearer, um, it's just it, Barbara Walters. Is, I could tell you right now who did the, um, animation for it. Uh, it's got to be. At, look at, look at the pictures. You know who that is. Don, are you saying Don Bluth? Oh, it's gotta be. Uh, this has got to be Don Bluth. Let's see. Roger, let's see. Uh, Roger Allers, Bill Croyer, ba- Brad Bird. Brad yeah, Bird. Yeah. Yeah. People forget <laughs> Brad Bird's been around a fucking long time. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Interesting. No, uh, no. But the if you look on the Google, the Barbara Walters. Barbara Walbers, excuse me. Yeah. The, the Gilda Radner uh, character with the pink hair, that looks like a Bluth character. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It wasn't actually Barbara. That's right. Clearly, it was a Barbara Walters type. I I was misremembering that she had done the voice. You're right. It was Gilda Radner. Hey, it's uh, it's on Tubi. It's, 
I think it's now. Now, listen, my memories of it are really, really positive. <laughs> it could, it, it could entirely be. You know, we could watch and it could be shit. But uh, it, th- I've got great memories. I'm going to go watch it on Tubi. I wonder if I can get. I bet I can get Jack to watch it. Well, do do we share the story of how you tried to get Jack to watch this movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack. Uh, so we've got a rule in our house, and it's usually depending on who's offering it, it's the ten or fifteen minute rule. Rule. And the idea is, you sit down to watch something, you give it ten or fifteen minutes. This actually is my brother Matta's uh, idea, mm-hmm. and ten or fifteen minutes you give it, and then you stay or you go. So I got Jack to sit down. He agreed to the fifteen minute test. What and did I say to this test? He was going to Tigger movie the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah, but he was going to Tigger out. But yeah. he, uh, yeah, I want that to become some sort of in, in the zeitgeist when you're just about to bounce on something. I'm going to Tigger out of this. I'm going to Tigger out. Yeah, but so Jack, I was like, he's not going to make it to 15 minutes. No, he made it to 13 and a half minutes, and he said, "Has it been 15 minutes yet?" I said, "Thank you, Jack. You gave it not a shot. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you for your time. Thank you for your service." Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. So um, Aubrey was humoring me and sitting in the r- in the living room with me while I was watching it, um, just having all kinds of uh, nostalgic feels. And I put it up on Facebook, and a few folks chimed in. So uh, oh, I, yeah. I I'm not on Facebook. So oh, there you go. Well, there's your problem. <laughs> Too much uh, bullshit. <laughs> now, Casey, you were only one year old when this movie came out. But you this was a movie I watched yeah. as a child for yeah. sure because. I'm sure we've, I don't know if we, well, I know we have on my other podcasts where no mom has gone before available mm-hmm. on the night shift radio network. <laughs> um, we had HBO. We were lucky enough to have HBO be, uh, be able to, to afford that. Uh, and we also had the Disney channel again, I, lucky to be able to afford that. I'm sure it had something to do with my dad being in the electronics business. There had to have been some deal there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but my dad uh, was the original Pirate Bay. There did, he are have, did he have a satellite oh, dish? No, no, no. Oh. We just recorded everything off of v- on a VHS. Oh. Yeah. And there were some things that like, uh, oh, what's the one? It's there's one. It's down in the basement. It is, um, the original Spider-Man movie, the one from the seventies that was like the pilot for for, for, for the, the TV, TV show. Yeah. 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 Uh, an Ewok adventure, <laughs> and then Temple of Doom. Talk about a that, fucking triple th- that's feature. That's a triple threat right there. Yeah, holy cow. <laughs> like tons of those. I mean, that's where, how I watched Condor Man. And the crazy thing was my dad would like see something was coming on, get the VHS in, and then it would start recording. So there were all these movies that I saw that I missed like the first 10, 15 seconds of yep. that as an adult I watched. I'm like, I don't remember. Oh, right. That's right. That I used to watch the set I watched a pirated version of this. The, the tape in the setup. You know, that was a, a really interesting uh, that was a if I remember right, that case went all the way to the Supreme Court. Um the television companies tried to block the sale of VCRs to consumers because the fear that people would you know, pi- pirate, right? Like record would pull this a thing. George Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, if I, I think that was a Supreme Court case, and they called it time shifting, and it was deemed to be legal. And yeah. yeah, that's why I have no problem talking about it. Also, my my dad's eighty. Leave him alone. 
Leave him alone. Leave him alone. He's had a life. Um, So, yeah, I mean, this Condor Man, I'm trying to think of other ones we've done on this podcast that were like, oh, famously, uh, The Wizard of Oz, we have not done on this podcast. Oh. We recorded off of ABC, let's say. On Thanksgiving, right? Was that that a Thanksgiving or a Christmas movie? It's now, weirdly, a Christmas movie. I think it was just on. I think it was just like an event that they were showing it. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like it was a holiday movie when I was growing up. I could, I well, could be now, wrong, Oh, You know what? No, I'm sorry. It was Easter. That's how I remember this. Because the copy that we had, and I didn't watch it in my teens. I watched it as a kid, and yep. then I watched it in college. So had... With right a jazz the, gummy? No, well, no, there weren't gummies then. The poppy um, seeds, yeah. <laughs> no, the scene where they're about to get to Oz, there was obviously a commercial break, yep. and the Cadbury Bunny <laughs> ad came on. So it was them like being out of the West at dinner, and then it would cut back into the movie. So when we were watching it in college, I'm like, "Where's the bunny?" People are like, what bunny? I'm like, the fucking bunny. The bunny. D-. And as I'm describing, I'm like, oh, it was the commercial. <laughs> but I just remember there being a bunny in The Wizard of Oz. It was all just a part of it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it was so great. Like, you know, you lock it in your brain a certain way and like talking sure. it out, like the layers peel back and all of a sudden you're like, you idiot. <laughs> it was the Cadbury bunny, which the also bunny. one of the best commercials of all time. With, the auditions uh, with the lion. I <laughs> don't think. No. They it, were auditioning. We can find this. Oh, virtual. it's going to be very easy to find. But okay. it was. They're auditioning for a new Cadbury bunny. So they had all these random animals with <laughs> Easter bunny ears. And just for a split second, it's a giant fucking lion. And it just goes. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so fucking funny. That's yeah, funny. I'm sure if you type in. Okay, I'm just Cad. putting a note here to see if we can grab it. So the Cadbury commercial. All right. Okay. All right. Um, so let's see. Anything else in terms of like the connection? So I tried getting Joseph to watch this as well. And I was like, Joe, this is a classic science fiction movie. And he goes, I've played the Tron level on Disney Infinity. I wasn't impressed. Joseph. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. I mean, yeah. to be fair, like... To be fair. Elliot was in the room at parts of this movie, and she, if she could, she would have been like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I, at times, was like, what the fuck am I watching? This is... It... I, I'm sure it was uh, more of an impact for you, and I watched it. Tron has never been like my fucking Tron. Yeah, yeah. I like Tron. I was lukewarm on Legacy. Like, okay, sure. Maybe because of the Uncanny Valley hadn't gotten there yet, and uh, the whole time I'm just going, Jesus, could they, could they have just cast someone else to play the, young uh, Clue? Young Clue, like, yeah. Because yeah. it's fucking disturbing. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um yeah, that's right. Fair. It's Clue, right? It's the it's, it's Clue. The, it, it is Clue it, who, you know, he is destroyed or appears to be destroyed in the movie. Maybe a file I, backup. I tried to I started to watch weirdly both our movies had failed uh sequels. Uh we'll get to Starman when we get to oh, Starman. Okay. But I tried to watch Ron Legacy as I was going to bed last night. I'm like, oh I'll see, I maybe made it. 
three minutes because yeah. I forgot. I was like, no, I'm out. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Bridges, digital de-aging is just fucking weird. That, that digital de you're right. That is... That is not no bueno, no bueno. Also, I don't like the Garrett Hudland. Is that his name? The he- guy Hudland. Yeah, yeah. Not he, a fan. He, he was in some of those young adult movies. Like, no. was he the Maze Runner or like? Yeah, and he was also in uh, Aragon. Which, fuck, sure. What sure. a fucking nightmare of a movie that is. Uh, never seen it. Hey, Todd. You <laughs> never don't, have to. Don't watch it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, let's uh, let's yeah. Let's, uh, let's so I think the easiest way we we did discuss this. Yep. Give us your thirty second synopsis of the movie. I don't think it's sure. Easy. This is a pretty fucking simple plot. Yeah. Well, uh, the cool thing is uh, this this headline will work for both movies. Stranger in a strange land. Oh sure. Right. So in this case, we've got a a, a person who is transported to another world. In that world, he has powers that its inhabitants don't. He is there to do good and then bring uh, bring the results back to his world. I mean, it's it's the hero's journey in a lot of ways, right? The mm-hmm. passing through the veil, right? It's, it's all that. But um, Flynn, oh, geez, what's his name? Is it Billy Flynn? Nope, that's Chicago. <laughs> nope, that's Chicago. That's Chicago, it, folks. That's Chicago, baby. Um, uh, it's not Alan Flynn. It is... Yes, it is. It's exactly that. Al, is it Alan Flynn? No, no, it's not. It's not. I Hang on. Let's, who's going to get there first? Kevin Flynn. Oh, how could we forget Kevin Flynn? Kevin Flynn uh, is a computer programmer. He's a genius. He's a little bit eccentric. Uh, he has been screwed over by this company, Encom, and specifically its boss or the executive vice president, Al, um, Ed Dillinger. And played by the wonderful oh David Warner. God damn it! I think you mean evil. Playing three roles in this movie. Yes. I hope he got paid three times. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Uh. There's this whole other world, the digital world inside the computer, where Dillinger's creation, the master control program is essentially this kind of fascist force looking to take over the digital world. Flynn is transported into the computer and fights to, you know, defeat the master control program, its agent, Sark, and free the digital world. Of course, he does that, comes back to the real world, where Ed Dillinger is discovered to have plagiarized Flynn's work for these amazing video games that he created, and Dillinger's fired, Flynn becomes... Uh, the boss, uh, CEO, and it's a happy ending. Now, folks, you may be sitting there going, isn't that the plot of Free Guy? It kind of is. It kind of is. <laughs> kind of is. Yeah. More jokes. More sure. fleshed out in that. But, I mean, I've forgotten the part about um, that Dillinger stole his programming. And I was mm. like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, interestingly, um, in that one, so I always feel like, People that hadn't seen the movie assumed that Jeff Bridges was Tron. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges is not Tron. A, a, he's just... He's Flynn. He's right? Flynn, yeah. Uh, he, he has a an avatar, Clue, um, that shows up and is seemingly destroyed early in the movie. But Tron is played by Bruce Boxleitner. Bruce Boxleitner, yeah. Like, Bruce Boxleitner? Yeah. I, I feel like if you weren't... 
if you were a child in the eighties, right? If you were consuming media, he was a he was a television leading man, right? So 100%. Scarecrow and Scarecrow and Mrs. King is what I associate him with, but I know he was on Babylon Five. Never watched Babylon Five. Oh, I I would have thought that you would have. No, we Trekkies get a, a perfect way to put this. Oh, uh, go on. The um, the next gen- the greatest generation guys guys that kind of are the reason I did where right. no mom's gone before because I love Star Trek so much and I'm like yep. hey, it's cool like Star Trek again I'm gonna fucking do a podcast with my brother and mom um uh, it's probably the dorkiest thing I've ever said uh, <laughs> they <laughs> did a thing so talking about all the amazing theme songs from start from science fiction and Star Trek specifically and they're like you know the next generation theme they do the drop then they do the Voyager theme, which is fine um, because I'm not wild about Voyager. Uh, then they do Deep Space Nine theme, which is just like this epic, stoic, like, fuck, we are here for some gravitas in Star Trek. And like, and then there's Babylon 5, and it was a toilet flushing. <gasps> mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I people have... do, don't like Babylon 5. Now, was Babylon 5, it was intended to kind of fill the the void of Star Trek, right? Like... No, that, was far, that, was, that was that was more was Farscape. Farscape. Yeah, okay. neither was one it just got capitalizing me. on science fiction television. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, he was on uh, the Orville. Uh, Bruce was he? He was President Al, Al- Kuzan. Sure. Television. Three episodes this year. Oh yeah. Oh the, the, the oh and the the reboot that I haven't yeah. finished yet. Yeah, he's been in a ton Aubrey of and Joseph loved that. They yeah. they got ahead of me and I uh I kind of uh gave up, but they loved it. That first episode was hard to get through because it was like the end of the last season was like, okay, we're going to war with the robots. I don't remember their names. Yeah. And then it was like the end of the war. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Wait, hang on. Ah. Like <laughs> they let the time that passed between season two and season three be the time that passed, which I get because it had been like three years. Four uh, years? Something like that. Yeah. So I get why they did it, but it was, that was a hard jump. Yeah, 2022, uh, three years. Yeah, 19 Oof. and 2022. And yeah. then they are, I don't know if they're doing a, I mean, no well, talks jo- are happening right now because yeah, writer's strike. Aubrey and Joe said that the season three was the best one. Okay, I'll give it another shot. Yeah, yeah, I think you should. If, if if you've already done the first two, you you should give the third a shot there. Uh, so, so yeah, Bruce is great. Um, yeah, he's just he's. <laughs> they kind of make him like uh, Superman, don't you feel like? Because in the real he, world, he's wearing those um, the, like the dorky Clark, Clark Kent glasses, and he's like, "Hello, I am Tron." Yeah. He's yeah, he's very like tucked in polo shirt with sneakers, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, um, is this his audition to be in Superman? <laughs> uh there's a character in this. She's a little bit of a character actress. She hasn't done a bazillion things, but the thing that if you didn't know her from Tron, Cindy Morgan mm-hmm. plays Laura. Do do you have do you have a, a she's sense in Caddyshack. Memory? 
She's in Caddyshack. Yes, she. Yes, yes, she is. Sorry, yes. I was a, a a boy in the eighties. She's from yes. fucking Caddyshack. Oh my god! Yes, she was. She's it took wonderful. me a while because when we first meet her, she's got the um the clean room <laughs> outfit on, which yep. we could talk about in a minute about how they're all in clean room stuff, and then Bruce uh, comes in. I got. I should probably learn his character's name. Uh, Alan Bradley. Uh, Bradley. Alan walks in. And he's just in his street clothes, like boop, boop, boop. I'm like, hang on. Fuck your clean room. Yeah. Well, everything now is destroyed. Good job. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> Look, I know you lost your level seven security clearance, Lich. The whole movie, what, you know what was ringing in my ear? Was okay. your um, computers or magic boxes in the 80s? Oh, that's all over. Oh, yeah. All yeah, over yeah. this movie. Like, people, are like, please, like, even the way that Flynn finds the evidence, it's just like, hey, Dil-, it's like it would be like me writing a thing like Todd likes to beat up puppies and I could print it out like, see, and you would be disgraced because I printed out on a piece of paper. Right. It's That's not, not how paper. fucking stuff works. We need yeah, the code. No, no, but but in 1982, this is so clearly people, they know that computers are a thing and they have mm-hmm. these magical powers. They're magical boxes. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, it's so the, funny. Uh, there's a bunch of that guy actually. So you already David Warner. You already mentioned um, mm. the the old crusty scientist that just wants to be left alone to Walt, uh, Gibbs. <laughs> Gibbs, yeah, the great <laughs> Barnard Hughes, mm-hmm. who uh, the Lost Boys, Doc Hollywood, Sister Act Two, one hundred percent of that guy actor. The Fantastics. He, Oh, was he a theater guy too? Or uh, no, the, the movie? The, oh, the terrible, movie. terrible movie of the Fantastics. <laughs> Todd, it's it's pretty bad. Um yeah. he's one of the two fathers that are keeping the two of them apart to actually get them together. Okay. Do you not know the Fantastics? I do not know the Fantastics. Uh, very I'm cute sorry, show. is that a musical? It is, in fact, a musical. Jerry ah, Orbach well, started it. There's your problem. All right. But Jerry Orbach. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I don't think you can talk about Tron without talking about the specific visual look. So we talked a little bit about the rotoscoping. In addition, the whole choice to do like the grayscale mm-hmm. for everything in the computer, um, the, the the costumes look so dorky, like not on film. They're they're like these padded kind of doublet type things with so, the reflective tape on it for the rotoscoping. But it, it but it works and it like gives this movie a look that I think is unique in filmdom. So the the blue, I guess, is just the easiest way to describe it. the blue players. They look fine. Most of the red players look fine. David Warner's hat is pretty fucking ridiculous. But yeah. God, the guards with those the guards that look like the the Imperial Guard from Star Wars. But no, not them. The ones that have like the hockey yeah. pads. But then, like, there's one shot where you see their legs and they're just wearing leotards. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. So they just yeah. look like these top heavy, like, dumpy idiots. And you're just like, what are they're Humpty Dumpties? They're a bunch of Humpty Dumpties. There we go. You're not, listen, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But, but again, like, there was nothing that looks like this. And then the, the combination sure. of the computer graphics with it. I, I mean, I'm, nostalgia is clearly a big piece of it for me. But absolutely. But this movie's very silly. 
Uh, it is. It is. Let me let me let me say this again. This movie yeah. is very silly. I didn't hate it. I questioned moments of the movie, but I the nostalgia was there for me too. But I'm like, God, this movie's like the ending. This like boop. We won. Goodbye, oh. everybody. Oh, it's 100% a hand wave ending, right? Like, and they all lived happily ever after. That's right. Um, I, I love, you know, there's a whole industry. Um, I think sword. I remember people talking about it in Swordfish. Um, but if you watch any, like, oh know, my God, Swordfish is some of the react. worst fucking hacking. Like, even yeah, right, like me what as a non hacker, I'm like, that's not, that, that cannot be what hacking is. Mm hmm. But with him going ticket ticket ticket. No, 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 no. Right, like he's adjusting it. on the fly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> but there's this this whole bit of even like how you communicate with the computer, right? Like I have security access. Like like you're having a conversation. Actually, uh did you ever play Zork? Zork. Yeah. That's what he was doing. He was playing Zork. He was playing Zork, right? Like the goblin has killed you. The Gru. No. The Gru has killed you. Gru, Damn it. Yeah. I did the last don't, time I talked about Zork. You yeah, did. Don't, has, don't be alone in the dark uh, yeah. or the Grus are going to get you. Yeah. Yeah. The Gru has killed you. <laughs> uh, but again, it's just so. It, I so enjoyed the nostalgia of that time as well mm-hmm. as, like, boy, just 100% wrong. 100% wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, uh, you know, and that, like, when we get to Starman, like, the nostalgia factor is. At 11 with that movie. I watched that movie so much as a kid. Really? But, and I guess that gets away with more because it is true science fiction. It's not like, we have computers and we're going to make them do fantastical things. He's a fucking alien. So whatever he does, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. He's a fucking alien. Yeah. He he gets away with more. That's fair. There is some science science in that movie that I'll point out that I'm like, "Uh, that didn't work. (laughs) Um, It's interesting. You know, both of those movies have some what I would call like quasi-religious elements to it. Sure, so sure, sure, sure. In in Tron, you've got this whole idea that the users are talked about almost like gods, right? And there's Ram a- literally is like the users created us. Like he he top tiptoes up to the theological line of is Flynn a god? Like oh 100%. he's not th- that's right. He's not there. I just realized Ram dies not knowing that Flynn is a human. Ram. Which one was Ram? The other guy that was with... Um, was that Krom? No, Ram. Oh, Ram. Oh, Ram's the... Ram, oh, Ram is the skinny guy. Yes. Ram's the other guy with uh, Tron and Flynn on the got, light yeah. bikes. I'm sorry. Krom was the computer... Krom was the kind of dumpy compute uh, accounting program that gets killed in the game early on. Yes, that's Krom. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, you're right. Ram is or Ram is the he's the believer, right? Like he has he, faith, but he ne- he never he dies not knowing that um, that uh, Flynn, is Flynn is a, a human. Yeah, a wow. user, and, and the users are real, right? And they're but that's sad. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, sad yeah, yeah. Um, oh well. What else I love? Uh, the big bad machines, the the massive flying the mas- things. Not master blaster, master. It's the what? name of the game. Oh, oh, um, oh, what is the name of that? Hmm. Somebody, if you if you figure it out, you tell us. But the big red things, the floater, the floating guys, when they turn and they bring their 
legs in. Uh-huh. One 100% evocative of Space Invaders. Do you yeah. remember like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's what they're going for. Um, yeah, it's really weird that like Flynn gives this huge empowered speech about how they he wrote over my code and stole all my stuff when they are clearly aping the popular video games of the time. I'm like, hello, the pod is calling. It's saying you're black. I mean... Well, well, I think in that universe, there wasn't Space Invaders. There was the games that Flynn created. So alternate universe. In the alternate universe, yes, yes. That's interesting because I feel like Starman takes place in an alternate universe, and I'll explain why when we get there. Mm. Um, I was I just looking, I was just looking at the IMDb trivia. Did you look yeah. at this? The film no. was disqualified from receiving an Academy Award nomination for yes. special effects because the Academy felt at the time using computer-generated effects was... Quote, cheating. cheating. They also feel like handing out an award to a person of color every five years makes them woke. <laughs> Hashtag Oscars so white. Yeah. And they also feel like comic book movies that have some of the best cinematography I've seen in any film in a very long time don't get to be nominated because they are comic book movies. Yeah. Looking directly at you, the Batman. So the <laughs> best fucking cinematography of the last five years, and it didn't even get a nomination. Why? Because it's a guy dressed like a bat. You know, I think sometimes there's this almost like elitist view that a a movie that is popular can't also be great art, which I think is ridiculous. I can't tell you. I mean, aside from everything, everywhere, all at once, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the last time I've watched an Academy Award winning movie should have been like, yeah, that was definitely the best movie of the year. Yeah. It's yeah. good. It's well acted. It's well done. It's kind of blah. Yep. Agreed. The Green Book. Agreed. How many times are we going to give the Academy Award to Hollywood Saul's racism movie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially when um, uh, the char- the doctor, Mayershala Ali's character, mm-hmm. his family has said, yeah, It's a that's horrible not true. representation. Yeah, yeah. That's not what, that wasn't what happened. So, yeah, uh, that, unfortunately, I saw that story. Before I watched the movie, then I sat down to watch. I was like, I just, I can't. Uh, it's the same reason I, and this might shock you, you know I love Quentin Tarantino. I have never watched all of Inglorious Bastards. I just can't get my head around the fact, like, well. Hitler loses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is weird because I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm not sure why it's okay one time. I don't know. I got some issues. Um, we all do. So, well, you've well, we've also just I've talked about when I checked out of Inglorious Bastards, the bear, ju- the baseball bat. Is that no, not even that far. Opening even... scene is oh. fucking phenomenal. It's yes. so well done, and God Christoph damn it. Waltz. Thank you. Great, like that's a career defining scene. In my Handsome opinion. guy, if I say so. <laughs> if you remember, we talked about how you look like Christoph Waltz. Yes, yes. Oh no, I was uh, letting, I was giving you room to I was giving that room to breathe. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but then, like right after this really grounded, amazing, tense scene, we yep. get fucking Brad Pitt being like, "We're gonna kill Nazis." I'm like, "Fuck you! I'm out. I'm oh. out of this fucking movie." See, I love I love it when Brad Pitt. So clearly, this is gonna be it's, it's just a double feature. Jump. We're just talking about whatever we want, which is but it, it also is. Fine. We're, we're, we will t- talk yeah. more about no, Tron, no. but this is I, I think what we both nailed when we were talking about this this morning is we wanted to go back to why we started this podcast. We yes. will go see a movie. Yep. We'll talk about it, but we'll tangent, and that's fine. 
Yeah. 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 So, and, and we're both guys who love movies. Yeah. We love movies. Mm-hmm. We don't love every movie. We don't always love the same movies. We love movies. As your backdrop shows. That's right. <laughs> I present you my wall of movies. That's right. There's a, there's a great idea in here. And, and there's a couple places where I want to like some compare and contrast, get your thoughts, like which did it better. Well, let's Master- hold those. Let, let's. Oh no no I don't mean I don't mean across the movies I mean like this Um, presented against something go for it I've got some of those as well the two movies but specific to Tron which one does the homicidal apocalyptic artificial intelligence better Master Control Program in Tron or Skynet in the Terminator series Skynet. Because it actually launches the nukes and besides that, it's more like (sighs) the master control program is just a mustache twirling. Mwahaha, I want to take over. If you remember, the reason Skynet launches the nukes is because it realizes we are the threat to ourselves. So, in its brain, quote unquote brain, it is let's just kill them all, it'll be better for them. I mean, it's, it's Ultron. Do, yeah, it's doing. Uh, it's uh, well, no, because Ultron. Ultron's goal was to get humanity to advance. You're right. It's, right. Yeah. He's Skynet's just wiping us out because yeah. it. We're, it's going to we happen the, eventually. Let's just do it efficiently, right? Yeah, and we're the plague on this earth. Which sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> hashtag Skynet is right. Yeah. But you know, I think what's so interesting in this movie is this inherent. It, it's again, it's this era where computers are magic boxes. Yeah. There is a there is a fear that is an undercurrent of this movie, right? The fear of technology, the fear of what and it, interestingly, it's so small. It's almost like mm-hmm. the quantum verse, right? Inside the right. computer is so small. Um, but it, there's so much fear wrapped up in that. Yeah, I mean I I I enjoy I guess this feels like a really good second draft of a script. I wish we'd fleshed Ooh. out more of things, maybe kind of move some things around, not made the master control pro- program a giant fucking top at the end. Yep. That was that was weird. It was like they they <coughs> they decided to make him a top. His face is spinning and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, this won't make sense when he has to talk." So Suddenly, for some reason, it stopped spinning. <laughs> but it was probably incredibly expensive to do the spinning top back then. So, like, well, it's got to be in the movie. Sure, sure, we paid for it. It's going in. Like, it's 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 very much Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Like, if you watch Star Trek: The Motion Picture, Robert Wise gives you so many, for lack of a better term, jerk off shots of the retrofit Enterprise because yeah. they they had built this beautiful new enterprise that looked a thousand times better than what was on the original show. So like literally the entire four and a half minute Star Trek suite that eventually becomes the next generation theme is them going around every nook and cranny of the enterprise. See what we did? See what we did? And I'm just kind of like, I feel the same way about this. Like feels like they did all this computer generation and then they're like, well, shit, it costs so much money to do. Let's just put it in the movie. Like, yeah. there are times, especially when 
Tron and fuck. What's her what's her programmer name? Uh Lo- Laura is uh let's see, Laura mm, Yori. Yori. Yori is her digital form. Yep. Laura and uh, so Tron and Yori are like sneaking in to the mm-hmm. the IO and yep. man oh man, like there are just so much time of them sneaking in. I'm like, for fuck's sake, we don't need to see the whole thing. Did Peter Jackson direct these scenes? Do we need to see the entire travel? <laughs> and we're walking. We're walking. We're walking uh, some more. If you're here, not following some orcs, and we're walking. <laughs> if you're not following Tom Cardi on YouTube, you're really missing out because he is brilliant. Uh, in addition to his masterful "Have you checked your butthole?", uh, he's got a song that is Tolkien essentially pitching. <laughs> Uh, the Lord of uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, I have not seen that one. I love. Oh. Have you checked your butthole? Yeah, yeah. Go, because go, go watch it. It's so good. Danny introduced me to that, and she saw how giddy I was about it, and she was like, "I've made a huge mistake." Because, yeah, oh, 100 percent. Guess what? Anytime something's lost in the house, what do <laughs> have I say? You checked your butthole. Skid I don't up, even sing up. it. Yeah. I just go. Have you checked your butthole? <laughs> She's like, I wish I'd never shown you. It's, it is uh, Frodo with the ring. I wish this ring had never come to me. <laughs> That's right. Well, listen, on her own head, so be it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, I had a couple other things I wanted to share. So, again, I and the you know I know the difference in our families. I have three younger brothers. There were four boys. Mm-hmm. Like we got into some shit. Your family, it's you and Kate, uh, you and uh, Colin. Which yeah. I'm sure you guys got into shit, but it was limited by the number. That's why my nose is crooked. Thank you, Colin. <gasps> What? Oh, tell me the story because this fits in perfectly with my story. Go ahead. Colin and I, our mother tried her best. Um, mother and father decided <laughs> at a two and a half year age difference that when Colin was 13, he was going to be in charge. Oh, over the no. summer. Oh, no. Fights all the time. Sure. At one time, we were fighting and I jumped on his back and he just. Bam! And double nosebleed out of my nose. Oh. And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I ran into the bathroom and locked the door. And I'm like, "Motherfucker, <laughs> you're done. I'm gonna let them, I'm gonna let this bleed everywhere sure. in this bathroom. Yeah. And be like, look what Colin did. And it starts with him slamming on the door. He's like, Casey, open the door. Two. Casey, I really need you to open the door. Dad, we're gonna be home any minute now. Like, like." Freaking out, uh, and I, eventually we we came to. I was just not going to mention it because it would have been mutual destruction. But it, it came up probably ten years ago at, at Thanksgiving, and my parents were fucking mortified because I was talking about how I had the the crook in my nose. Yeah, I'm like yeah, it's from Colin. They're like, oh, you always had that. I'm like, I assure you, I have not. And Colin's like, no, it. Uh, and we told the story and. You know how, like, in movies when people tell shocking stories and mm. then people are just sitting their mouth agape? And you're like, that doesn't yep. happen in real life. It happened with my parents. They literally just jaws fully open, like, oh, my God. Because <laughs> I was bleeding pretty fucking bad. Like, he got me good. And because so, I didn't say anything, it never got set. So I've got this this ridge. So I'm not going to share it here because... Nope. Uh, but I, I am going to drop it when this drops. Go to my blog, which 
nowadays, more of my creative juices go to this podcast, but there was a time when I didn't have this podcast and I did more writing. <laughs> you will uh, sit down with a beverage and enjoy all the way back to the beginning of the blog. Um, Google, well, you'll see the link, indoor bobsledding. Oh, and, my God. I already and, love it. <laughs> and you will learn about my brother Chris splitting his head open. And yes, so enjoy. You've got uh, to share that link. I'll put it. We'll put it in the uh, liner notes for this episode. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Got it. Yeah. We'll do. That's um, totally the way to do it. That was not the story I was going to share. Uh, the so so iconic, the disc battles, right? At one point, my mom, I don't know how she did it. My I'm mom, already afraid for the story. Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. My mom was a hustler. And I don't mean that in a bad way. She worked her ass off. She worked in a variety of fields, ended in politics. But there was a time, I can't remember how she she got them, but she was doing something, maybe in some kind of marketing or promotions thing. She We probably had, you know, like Frisbees, not the big Frisbees that are like 12 or 14 inches across, but... Like smaller ones, maybe like a eight the ones, or ten inch, like the, the ones smaller that Disney discs. prop department went to for this yes. movie and yeah. just bought and, to put some reflective tape on. Yeah, yeah, I know which one, ones you're talking about. One summer, we probably had we had like thirty of these of those size, and they oh, are the perfect no. size. When I tell you that we tried to take each other's heads off with the frisbees, <laughs> but then. If somebody threw it and you had the frisbee in your hand and you could do the deflection, like that was a like hand, victory, like victory, got it, victory. Yep. Why don't I have a sneaking suspicion Joey was terrible at this game? Oh, jo- poor Joey. Oh, Joey didn't stand a chance because <laughs> Joey is. Uh, I should know how old he is. Joey is older than you, but only older than you by a few years. He's like 45, 46, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Chris just turned 50. Matt is probably two years younger. Yeah, Joey's probably, yeah, he's probably in his mid-40s at this point. Yeah, poor Joey. Like, never stood a chance. Never stood a chance. You you probably all ganged up on him and then had your own tournament between the three of you. Like, yeah, let's all be- take out Joey. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's right. Poor Joey. Poor Joey. Uh Let's see what else. Uh, I um, love the fact that Ram Ram was originally an actuarial program that worked for an insurance company. And man, when he talks about it, he it's like someone who's really into like uh, craft beers. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you know, you could really save a lot. I'm like, holy shit, mm-hmm. and you can feel it. Flynn's like, uh huh, that's nice. I'm gonna yeah. go over here. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Please don't follow me. Uh, uh, I love I, so the I disc go- fight. Let's let's talk about yeah, that for a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when is it? Is it Tron or is it Flynn that has that whole monologue about like all the information being on there? Is it Flynn? No, no it's not Flynn because he doesn't he doesn't understand the world yet. It, oh, he doesn't it, it have must, a disc. So it's Tron. Tron like explaining well, it to him. Flynn gets one because he he Flynn ends up in the in the arena. But I think it's Tron explaining to Flynn why or or is it actually Ram? Explaining why the discs are so important. Maybe it is Ram. Whoever it was, like, God bless you, dear actor. You're fucking yeah. giving this amazing monologue, and you're holding a fucking frisbee with reflective <laughs> tape on it. Yes. Like this is the most amazing invention ever. Like one hundred percent. It's like all the footage of Hemsworth that's come out with him, like 
wrestling the Hulk, and it's a guy wearing a giant, like, molded Hulk thing so he can grab it the right way, or talking with Thanos, and it's like, I'm, I'm like, give Chris Hemsworth an honorary Oscar. Fuck yeah. Yep, because he's selling the shit out of it. Yep. Yeah, you're never 100%. like, oh, you're you're really trying there, buddy. Like, yep. same thing with this. I'm like, you are being so earnest with this piece of plastic. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Um. Well, that's, I mean, those it's are just the, the big first, things I wanted to talk about. Yeah, is this the first movie that had highlight that you could think of? You mean death highlight? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, I don't think I ever heard highlight mentioned again until Mad Men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they started talking about that, like, the thing from Tron? <laughs> if you go to Florida, which I do not recommend nowadays, but nope. if, if you go to Florida, uh, Cigar City Brewing Company has a great IPA highlight. IPA, which is really good. But yeah, it's a huge game down there. Yeah. Same with pickleball. Pickleball. Good lord. Good lord. It's um, the highest. Uh, what is? It? I can't remember what they say on shrinking. Yeah. Oh God, we are loving that. Loved that so much. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Cannot wait for season two. Yep. But I also want to wait until the writers get what they want. Um, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. We will sorry, wait. What we will they wait. They deserve. What they deserve. Yeah. Um, by the way, what a surprise. I'll admit, I was a little bit soured on Harrison Ford, and it probably goes back to the sequels. Like, He's I kind of so reach a point. good, right? Uh, but I'm like, I think he really enjoys acting. I did not get that sense in The Force Awakens at all. I think he... he- Brings his game. He's. I think he's like Malkovich. What we were talking about in um, yeah. the Spider-Man: Homecoming. Sure. When Malkovich, when when Harrison Ford, when Don Cheadle, when certain actors are in projects they like, oh boy, do they bring it. Stand when back. they are just there for the paycheck, oh boy, does it suck. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's why uh, I'm kind of excited for Indy Five because as <gasps> terrible as Indy Four was, Harrison loves. Indie. So I think we're going to get a good Harrison Ford in that movie. I, I think we're going to be very, very happy. Yeah. Oh, you're, God, you're, I fucking hope so. By the time this episode comes out, we could be eating our words because it will be out by then. No, I, I, I got to tell you, I was incredibly cynical. I've said this on the podcast. So cynical when they announced it. And I saw the trailer. And as they, I also love the fact that they don't club you over the head with the theme. With the music, like they just kind of wafted in a little bit, like yeah. Hints. You know what other franchise did that? Jurassic Park. Nope. Well, yes, they did too. Well, uh, yeah. So did Star Wars: Force Awakens. Well, you get the yeah. light motif of the Force sure. theme. Yeah. So I don't trust trailers anymore. <sighs> what I trust is the fact that it is a franchise that Harrison loves, and that it is. Um. Yep. Who directed uh, Logan? James Mangold. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay, closing thoughts on um, Tron. Tron, do do you want? Do we want to rate these? We don't have to. No, no. we're not. I no, I love I like, the rewatch. You were okay with it. I liked it. It's goofy, um, but I liked it. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey Casey, I'm gonna go refresh and freshen up my beer. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same, and uh, we're gonna take a little intermission, and we'll see you back here in uh, after these commercial messages too. Bye. Perfect.
Welcome back from our intermission. We hope you enjoyed the commercials that you just heard. And now, before we start talking about Starman, Starman, um, what are we drinking there, Todd? Yeah, we're drinking your beer, which mm-hmm. is another double IPA. This is also Common Roots Brewing Company's <laughs> Vivid Glow double IPA. The Vivid yeah. Glow illuminates the glass with bright haze and a golden orange hue. Tasting notes include peach, apricot, and tangelo. I have no idea what a tangelo is. A subtle current of fresh-cut grass balances the vibrant citrus and stone fruit, creating a dangerously drinkable double IPA. A tangelo is a tangerine mixed with something else. I can't think of what the other fruit is. But it's, okay. very, it's a citrus. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like this is going to have like a kind of a blue moon feel to it. Oh, go on. You know what we try? You know what I tried to find was something that was Dutch apple pie themed. Oh, sure, or cherry cobbler, sure. Either one would have worked. Oh, this one is even, even thicker than. Jesus! It looks like orange juice, right? Oh boy! (laughs) Oh yeah, this is gonna be good beer. All right, buddy. Cheers. Oh, ooh. Mm, that one good. is a little crisper than Hyperflight. I think I like this one more. They're both delicious. I, I'm not oh, yes. turned down either I think one. It, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be, for me, it'll pair well with both the movies. I liked Hyperflight. <laughs> I enjoy this better. I do. I mean, I don't sure. hate Tron, but I, God. Yeah. Okay, so Starman. Starman. We got following Voyager 2's crashing into <laughs> planet slash spaceship. Yeah. It shows up at the end. I'm like, wait, is this their planet? This is a spaceship? The, Did they kill the, everybody on Earth? What's the happening? space jellyfish? Yeah. yeah. Um, a being of light that is an alien comes to Earth and clones himself through the baby hairs of uh, Scott. What's their last name? Uh, Hayden. Hayden. Yeah. yeah. Scott Hayden died six months ago. In a quote-unquote accident, never explained what it was. Sure, doesn't matter. To the widowed Karen Allen. Hello, hello, Karen Allen. As Jenny Hayden, yep. Oh, God. And has to, uh, because when he was coming in, surprise, surprise, the military tried to shoot him down instead of figuring out who he was. Hollywood trope to the extreme. Yep. And uh, he's off course. He has to come back to... It's a crater. Uh, Linden? Lin, Lin, mm. Yeah, one moment. It was. Well, we, yep. Behringer Crater. The Behringer Crater, where? Oh, Behringer Crater. One moment. Is is Behringer Crater. Oh, that is. Uh, looks like east of Flagstaff, west of Arizona. Winslow. In Arizona. Okay. Yep. Yep. South of Winslow. They have to get to the Behringer Crater in Arizona in three days, or he will die. Die. So road trip ensues, and uh, Jenny and Starman fall in love. They do. Aww. Yeah, just do some production stuff because it is a movie. So we got some production oh, yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah. There was there are some almost casts if you'd like oh. me to do those. Oh yeah, sure. Kevin Bacon was originally supposed to be Starman. Uh, I, I I'm sure he would have been great. I love Jeff Bridges in this. I, He's perfect. I am a big fan of <clears throat> Jeff Bridges, almost as much as I am of Kurt Russell, but mm-hmm. phenomenal actors. They're only three years apart. They're often mistaken oh. for each other. Oh, who? Wait. Uh, Jeff Bridges and Kurt Russell. 
I thought you were going to say these movies were only three years apart oh, because they're... 82. Well, it, two, well, they're actually zero years apart. This movie was made in 1982 and shelved for two years. Oh, by oh, Columbia. Got it, yeah. got it, got it. I'm a fan of Jeff Bridges. I think I've talked about when we were doing bookends, best and the worst of genres. Yeah. For the Westerns, I really, really wanted to do, instead of Tombstone, which is a great movie, I think the best Western in modern times, Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood, I feel like almost doesn't, it's almost like skews the whole rating. Like, it's so good, it almost doesn't, it's not fair to every other movie. But a movie I think that's just as good the remake, the re- remake of True Grit, Grit yeah. which is a far better movie than the original, and Jeff Bridges is phenomenal. That is a mic drop, career-defining role, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Uh, so, one more uh, almost cast. Yeah. When Kevin Bacon dropped out, do you know who they almost cast as Starman before Michael Douglas, so, producer of this movie? Yeah, Michael Douglas, yeah. Uh, hmm. 82, not Kevin Bacon. Robert Downey Jr. is too young. I'm going to give you a hint. You're going to be really, really upset when I tell you who it was. Oh, go ahead. Kurt Russell. Tom Cruise. Oh, motherfucker. Fuck him. Okay, that's fine. All right, good. But uh, he was considered, but uh, he was too busy making Legend. Listen, I love Legend. It's a great movie. It's fine. It's weird. Mm. It's very much a Ridley Scott fantasy movie. It's a Ridley Scott fantasy movie. That's Take a, that how you will. If you, you like Ridley Scott and you like fantasy, you're going to love this movie. Uh, if you love fantasy, you're going to kind of If you love on. Sam Raimi, you're going to love the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's and Man's, Man's, uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yep. And Casey mm. does not. <laughs> okay, so go ahead with the production stuff. Yeah, let me, I'm going to do the writers first. So two guys get the writing credits, and they're actually, they seem to be writing partners because they, they share a bunch of key credits. So Bruce Evans and Reynold, Reynold, Reynold Gideon um, both Reynold. wrote yeah. uh, Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everyone knows that. Assassins, which was Antonio Banderas. And Has Julianne my... Moore and Sylvester Stallone, I think. Uh, directed by the Wachowskis. Oh, wait, what? I didn't know yeah. that. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, uh, also, maybe they just wrote... one of them. I'm looking. Go ahead. Uh, they also wrote Mr. Brooks, which was Kevin Costner's villainous turn, where he's like the oh, serial yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, the, the, you know, admirable. Oh, I mean, again, I'm it's... terribly sorry. Assassins was directed by Richard Donner. Oh, written by the Wachowskis with Brian. Oh, that's wild. That's wild. With Bruce and Reynolds. Uh, Brian Helget Helgland only gets writer credit with the Wachowskis. Uh, okay, hold on one moment. Then let me do- let me double check what I was looking at. I wonder if I got the wrong movie. Right, uh, right. No, nineteen ninety five Assassins. Yeah, why? Oh, interesting. Oh, you know why? My oh wait a minute that's fascinating a different movie assassins well I was thinking it was the old you know sometimes you'll get a story by and then a screenplay by and there'll be different people but it's yeah. not that the white the Wachowskis have story by screenplay they share with Brian Helgeland I wonder if this is one of those ones where like it was an uncredited or uncredited at the time script doctoring yeah I, that's oh that's let me let me go look at Bruce Evans let me double check. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. They didn't write Assassins. They were producers on Assassins. I was looking at the wrong column. 
Yep. Okay. Yeah. You know, they, every time you say assassins, I, I you, just, yes. Everybody's uh, got the right to be happy. Bum, bottom, that's okay, a musical. Sure is. They also wrote uh, Cutthroat Island, which was oh yeah the movie that ended uh, Gina Davis's career pretty much. <laughs> Uh, Cutthroat Island, also Matthew Modine. They also wrote Jungle to Jungle, which was a Tim Allen vehicle. That ended Tim Allen's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until yeah. Galaxy Quest. Until like, Galaxy. Boy. Uh, the Santa Claus was really good to him. Like, I feel like that was... in Toy Story, right? Like, those... You know, I'm sure... Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, those are good, but the, the key person in the production here, obviously, is Starman's director. And if you watch this movie... You would not connect this movie to any other movie that John Carpenter has directed. One hundred percent. This is such a departure from his horror action movie. Like he said, the reason he liked this script is because it shows the what humanity can be at its best. Well, I'll try and find the exact quote. Yeah. Go ahead. That, I'm sorry. No, that's pretty good. No, but uh, so John Carpenter. You know, we've looked at his material. He, he was the best of horror on our Patreon for Halloween. Sure was. Which is taking this simple idea, right? The killer stalking a determined survivor and executing it perfectly. I'm a huge fan of John Carpenter. Escape from New York, probably, you know, you'd be hard-pressed for me to figure out what's the role that I fell in love with Kurt Russell. It's either Snake Plissken in Escape from New York or it's uh, Jack Burton from... Big Trouble in Little China. Like, I mean, a few years later, it would be, is it Tango or Cash? Which one is he? Oh, my Tango. God. He's Tango. Uh, I, I probably saw Tango and Cash. No lie. Probably. No, no. He's Lieutenant Gabriel Cash. He's Cash. That's uh, what I said. Cash. Casey. Uh, I probably saw Tango and Cash four or five times at the movie. I the movies I tango kept going back cash. cash cash and, and tango. tango right like i love that movie with a very young very sexy terry hatcher terry hatcher yes yes as kiki yes 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 good yes. lord uh, i love me some kurt russell okay um uh, but yeah john carpenter i just took jack to watch we went to the see thing. the thing yeah for the re- the re-release the 40th anniversary carpenter deserves his place in hollywood's all-time greats but Boy, there's nothing in this movie. There's a couple shots like when he's first coming to Earth and it's like the alien cam following into the house before he resurrects as a human. Yeah. That's the only bit where I'm like, okay, that's Carpenter, right? That's, that's uh, definitely when he, the baby yeah. uh, oh, becomes yeah. <laughs> the, the child. Yeah, I'm like, yep, this is a straight up Carpenter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, John Carpenter wanted to do something different and he made a, this really cool cult classic. Like, when I described this movie to Carissa, she's like, "You're fucking with me, right? This isn't a, an actual she movie." She said she did not believe you. She told me. She told me that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, no. It's, I promise you, this is a real fucking movie. Do I want? Do you want my? Do you have any more? Sorry, do you have any uh, more production notes? I do. I do. Okay, I'm um, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's fine. So this is a, a little bit of production wi- uh, trivia that you're going to love. Specifically, you are going to love this, and you may already know this. I'm great. Grab this off the Wikipedia page. Starman spent five years in development at Columbia. Mm-hmm. The original script by Bruce Evans and Reynold, uh, Reynold Gideon was purchased by the studio at the urging of executive producer Michael Douglas. Yes, that mm-hmm. Michael Douglas. Yep. Shortly before it optioned Steven Spielberg's Night Skies. 
Columbia abandoned Night Skies with a similar plot to Starman on the grounds that it is a more Disney-like story aimed at children, whereas Starman was for a more mature audience. Oh, Sky- what did Night Skies become? Oh, eventually that's right. Eventually E.T. Which became the highest grossing film of its time. Can I tell you? Danny bought the bear a little E.T. stuffy. Oh, how sweet. Does he like it? Oh, he loves it. Oh, it, that's sweet. The heartbeat uh, <gasps> vibrates. Oh. So when his heart light goes off, it vibrates and he just snuggles it close to him. But she brought it home. And I'm like, if it says any of the phrases from the movie, I can't be around. <laughs> if it uh, says it, I'll be right here, I'm fucking bouncing. Uh, and his, she's like, no, it doesn't. And we took it out of the package and it was like in a in like a makeshift uh, the basket that E.T. sits in in the front of yeah, Elliot's the, uh, the bike. bike and the moon's behind him. I take it out and it says, says phrases. And what's the first phrase that it says that it says? I'll be right here. I'm like, nope, nope. Thankfully, Na- for some reason, ours is broken and doesn't do that. <laughs> Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. <laughs> now, has the bean, I'm sorry, has the bear watched E.T.? No. Nope. No. Okay. Got it. Is no, he just loves it. Okay. And he's okay. not a huge stuffy guy. I mean, he, uh, we just had to have an MRI for him and he brought his oh. little uh, cookie monster. Oh, how sweet. Um, okay, so uh, let uh, last, last thing bit. Mm-hmm. money, right? So, oh yeah, 1984. This gets a budget of 24 million dollars. <laughs> At the box office, it does 28.7. Conversion factor 84 to 23. That's 2.92. So that's a 70 million dollar budget. Mm-hmm. And. Eighty-four million at the at the box office. It's, it's considered a it's considered a bomb, even though it's better received than Tron was critically. Yep, yep. <laughs> There's some really great things. Um, like Jeff Bridges studied a lot of ornithology. The you know uh, how birds, birds move. You know oh. you can see it. His Jenny Hayden. What? He he's a great actor, and you. Mm-hmm. You so see it. That scene where he... First of all, the, the baby's disturbing. Well, let's just acknowledge that. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely terrible. It's nightmare fuel. Yeah, it really it's, is. It's the, the thing. It's uh, the thing? Yes, yes. No, it's, but it's also the thing in um, the belly in uh, Total Recall. Mm. What's, uh, it, what the fuck? Quattro. Quattro. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's Quattro. <laughs> okay. That's, <laughs> That's great. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And where's the girl with three boobs? That would have kept me in it. All right. Oh, oh! You get some Karen Allen side boob. Oh, I love Karen Allen. There's so much to love about this movie. Um, <clears throat> the the not even accidental. The wonderful comedy in this movie. Like <laughs> take it easy. Like when he goes into the bathroom yeah. and the trucker's like, "Every goddamn place you go." Yeah. <laughs> How much does this guy get propositioned for gay sex? That's uh, my question. All, all the gay sex. I mean, he's a bear, sex. so I guess yeah, yeah, that's that's a thing. Well, I think uh, that's a notorious subculture as well. The truckers, you know, they're uh, yeah, any port in a storm. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Only sailors use condoms, uh, not anymore. <laughs> well, they should. Dirty buggers, woman in every port. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, how about yes. how about him singing? I can't get no. Satisfaction. Thank you for saying that. Uh, this is my theory that this is an alternate universe. First, mm. Voyager 2 was never lost. It's still out there bringing us stuff. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, well, and, well, you know, Voyager 6 in the Star Trek The Motion Picture that becomes yes. Voyager. Um, yes. We never got that far. Uh, but Voyager 2 did not play I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Interesting. It played a uh, little song from a movie we were talking about during the first movie, Back to the Future. Johnny, Johnny be good. good. Yeah. No kidding. No That's kidding. what it played. It didn't play. I can't. I'm a hundred percent positive. Well, it is because they couldn't get the rights to Johnny be good. They're like, well, who will give us the rights to their song? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Rolling Stones will do it. <laughs> uh, what is, Oh Jesus. It's a song in the great Lebowski also starring the amazing Jeff Bridges. And I can't remember what the song is, but they screened it for the, the musician whose song they wanted. And at one point Lebowski goes, I fucking hate the Eagles. And the musician was like, I fucking hate the Eagles. Yes, you can use my song. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that is. I don't uh, remember the song. Big Lebowski, I hate the Eagles. Uh, peace. Oh, uh, no. What? I'm not going to keep looking for it, but I'm sure one of our fearless listeners knows what I'm talking about. and will Let us know. It. Let us know. Yep. I got a question for you. Yeah, I pose a question to you. Go right ahead. So who does the best alien versus ignorant redneck fight? Is it Jeff Bridges as Starman? Is it Christopher Reeve as Clark Kent? Or is it Henry Cavill as Clark Kent? I it's 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 Chris Reeve. It's one hundred percent Chris Reeve. But man, this fight's so funny. Yeah, it, punches it, a guy. Bingo. <laughs> he says yeah, bingo too. <laughs> I, I love when the like the three guys charge him, and he looks like he's getting ready for a hug. He's like, he's like, oh, yes, hey. come to me, my people. Yes, yeah. hey guys, how's yeah. it go? Oh, yeah. And then I just love when he's driving away, like something that that. Was very much quoted in our house. Take it easy. Up yours. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, quoted good. in your house when your parents are around or when they weren't around? When they weren't around. Of course. I mean, so. we were allowed to watch this movie. All, sure. I, it, oh, sure. It's sure. amazing 80s PG. Yes. The yes. amount of swearing that's in this movie, because PG-13 hadn't been invented yet, and the side boob would probably push that those two things combined would probably push this to a PG-13 today. Yeah, what easily is Red Dawn eighty four? So it's it's right on the cusp, right? Because yeah. eighty four is or Red Dawn is the first PG thirteen movie. But we know the movies that made PG thirteen come to light: uh, Temple of Doom Goonies. and Gremlins. Or, yeah, or Gremlins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that uh, mom versus the Gremlins scene—that's fucking rough. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this on your like uh, Google feed or your social media stuff. Um, I'm the algorithm is feeding this to me, and of course I'm consuming it because it's fucking got my number. But all of the like um, Goonies nostalgia, and certainly some of it is because of K K Hu Kwan K Hu Kwan's Oscar win, right? Yep. But it's so sweet. Did you see the the bit of him talking about? So he's at the Oscars, and Harrison Ford is there, and he's like, I'm not sure if he's going to remember me. Harrison Ford turns to me, he goes, "Are you short round?" And he said. It was like I was a kid again. I, he said, "Yes, Indy." I was like, "I was like, why am I crying? Why?" It was, it was Did you see Kehu uh, Kwan meeting uh, Biden? No. But oh I my need to look for God. that, Mr. President. Mr. President's running in the room, all excited, and Biden's like, "Who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> oh my God! It, it, you know, 
How much do you love that guy, right? Like, I'm as happy for Brendan Fraser winning the Oscar as I am for Kiyu Kwan. Kwan. Like, just so now Encino Man has two Oscar winners in it. <laughs> is, uh, is Pauly Shore one of them? No. Nope. <laughs> Polly Shore is probably like, how do I get my Oscar? Wait a minute. If we could get Polly Shore an Oscar and have three Oscar winners in a movie called uh, fucking Encino Man. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, my God. Have you seen the clip? I've seen a clip of Polly Shore. It was after the Oscars. I'm not going to say he was comparing himself to John the Baptist, but he was kind of like, he was kind of like, well, you know, Encino Man. Brendan Fraser, Kiyu Kwan, like, you know, really, you know, I was like, dude, uh, like, pull it back. Dude, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, exactly. Um, he also yeah, he's a, he's has a not aged well. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's got to be in his late 50s, early late 60s now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. How old is Pauly Shore? In 2023, Pauly Shore, he's 55 years old. He's three years older than I am. I, I'll say this. I yeah. look much better than he does. <laughs> well, hang on. I guess maybe I haven't seen Polly Shore in a while. Hang on. Oh, he. Polly Shore 2023. Yeah. Yikes. Yes. <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. Don't. COVID do was not good to this man. COVID, the 90s, cocaine. None of those things. Good to Polly Shore. Woof, 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 woof. I yep. mean, he was never an attractive man, but. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, but doof. Okay. Anyways, um, you know who is attractive is uh, Karen Allen. Karen Allen, she's what? What is like she? Like what she's was a girl the, next door. She's no, no, a fucking no, girl. Wait, a hundred percent agree. But she's still alive. She was born in fifty one, so that makes her seventy two. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, October fifty one, so seventy one. But what was the last thing she acted in? Oh. Uh-huh. Well, she's she's, oh, she's still acting. Oh yeah, holy shit! Yeah, yeah, I mean, she was in she was in Crystal Skull. She was. She's in the Kingdom of the Christmas. She was not. She's Mutt's mom. Oh my god, she is. She's. Oh, I know you've d- data dumped I, that, but she's she's Mutt's mom. I one hundred percent data dumped that. Do we have confirmation? Is Mutt Indy's child? He's not right. He's very no, specifically he, not. Oh, Todd, Wait, he, he 100% is. is oh, why would they do that? I don't know, because they were wrapping up the series and moving on to Shia LaBeouf being the indie, but Indy's side then, you know, son. Shia LaBeouf oh. went absolutely insane. Like, never mind, we'll Wait, just backtrack all of this. As I just was editing for our last, or uh, for the episode that'll drop tomorrow. <laughs> Did you watch that Rob Cantor's yes. Shia LaBeouf oh, yes. Live? How, it's how wonderful great. is that? So good. Which spawned the meme of Shia LaBeouf in the tuxedo clapping in the audience. That's from mm-hmm. the end of that. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. Another great thing that uh, Karen Allen was in was a little movie called Scrooged. Oh, don't you dare staple those antlers. I would never do that. I've got two dogs and a cat home. All right, great. Thanks. Get out. <laughs> Uh, Lumpy. Oh, can we still like Bill Murray? I'm worried. Uh, can we not anymore? I'm I'm going with I still like him. I'm going to take like on his work. I'm going to go with I like everything before I knew he was a monster. You know who, what I didn't like him in? I'm going to cut this. I oh. like him in Quantumania because it was out of fucking nowhere. I'm like, 
what the fuck is Bill Murray doing in this movie? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. This just felt like don't, if they got if they listen. had somehow magically gotten Pacino and done a Scarface reunion <laughs> with him and Michelle Pfeiffer, I would have been so on yeah. board. But, but uh, I was like, you know what? Don't what don't f- cut this. We knew that he was in it. It doesn't require cutting. Don't cut it. It's fine. In fact, I don't think we're editing this episode at all. I think we're just going with it. Yeah, all right. Well, maybe we'll see how that. Well, yeah. Well, I'll listen to it raw and see how I feel. Ra- just raw dog it. Just raw. raw do- oh, you you raw dog me in public. D- in public. <laughs> really does so, not mean what you think it means. Yeah. The train scene. Speaking of raw dogging. Yes. Um, yes. How many diseases did Karen Allen have to take care of after that scene? None. He's no. He's like a pure not body. him. Oh, they did it in a fucking. Train car, uh, not even a listen, passenger worst, car. Worst case scenario, a little bit of minor crabs. Which did you know? Uh-huh. Crabs has basically gone almost instinct, at least in like America, because of the trend of the last twenty years of especially women shaving their pubic. Not that women are the only people who get crabs, but the the shaving of pubic hair has made it harder for crabs to survive. Like we we did it, guys. We did it, guys. We Dolphins did killed crabs. Maybe I like to shave it down all over. Dolphins. <laughs> Dolphins, the rapists of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Um, I love the post quote code as him just. I gave you a baby tonight. Uh, <laughs> you're like, that's what I told my wife on our wedding night. Oh, you, t- you son of a bitch. No, I didn't. Yeah. Um, but. You know, uh, two months into our marriage, we found out we were two months pregnant. You do the math. Okay. Um, so I got another question for you. Oh, yeah? Who did it better? Lover from a different time and place, Starman and uh, Jenny Hayden, or oh boy. Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor? I'm going to have to go with Kyle Reese and... Yes, he loved, know, he loved her for he years. He loved her. He loved her for years, but also their sex scene is a little sexier. Some of the moments in in Starman sex scene, I'm like, do that. They don't know how to kiss each other, or, or is Jeff Bridges committing to the idea that he is an alien and doesn't understand? This no, place? even Karen Allen does some weird kissing. His po- post. Coitus, literal post coitus face is possibly the funniest thing in the movie. He's like, <laughs> I don't it, know what just came out of me, but that was amazing. How, <laughs> uh, uh, that's the first time. Tell me I'm not every, wrong. Every young Tell, man, 12 yeah. to 14 years old, like, I think I'm dead, but also I've never been happier. Right? Like, he nails it. So, who has the more awkward sex scene? Starman. Oh. Or. Tommy Wiseau is Johnny in the room. Oh, Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau. That's right. right. My vagina is down here. Just be quiet. I'm making love to you. Like, (laughs) no matter what you say, if 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 awkwardness and the room is on the table, (laughs) it's going to be the fucking room. That movie Uh, is, God, that movie is so fucking. Have you ever actually watched the movie? No. I've watched the, I've watched the, the fake, you know, the, the Seth Rogen, James Franco, which was delightful. the disaster artist, yeah, the disaster artist, and I feel like I've seen it. I don't need to see the original. Well, they show scenes from it at the end, but like, yes, God, not, it's not even just Tommy. Like the fucking flower shop owner. I think that scene's in the thing. She's so. Oh, hi, Tommy. I didn't see you there. Yeah, that'll be fifty dollars. You're my favorite customer. 
<laughs> like that's how she delivers the fucking lines. <laughs> oh hi Mark, which is a line has been part of our podcast for a long time. Oh hi Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> it did not hit her. It's bullshit. It did not. It did not. Oh hi Mark. <laughs> Dude still claims he's from Louisiana. I don't know what the fuck part of Louisiana is from with that. years old? Yeah, something. Eastern yeah. European accent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how about, did you recognize the cops? Yes. That, yes. Yes. Hitchcock? Uh, well, I don't know what his name is, but first Hitchcock. of all. Hitchcock. No, I, the cop. Not the, not MC Gainley. Not the main oh, MC one. Gainey? The MC other Gainey. guy. Uh, the other guy's a total that guy actor. It's Hitchcock from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh. <gasps> That's where he is. Oh my god! I was like, "Well, he's familiar." I definitely... I'm so glad you didn't look that oh, up because that's my, my favorite bit of trivia in this movie. Dirk Dirk Blocker. Yeah. Yes, I'm no great poor name. Hundred percent. Um, I I was distracted be, because I'm a huge like I love MC Gainey as a character actor, but I've never seen him clean shaven. I'm used it's to him weird, as right? Swamp Thing from the. The American cinematography classic Con Air. I'm used to him as Swamp Thing from that. So uh, um, he's also one. He's Mister Friendly from Lost. If only I had watched that show. Nope. Don't regret Gosh. not watching it. Yep. Yeah. I feel that way about Game of Thrones. Huh? Oh. Listen, listeners, direct all that feedback to Casey and Casey when they're when they want to tell us how they feel. How should they get in touch with us? Go fuck yourselves.com. Um, <laughs> no, superpodhearcast at gmail.com because only Cap writes letters. Tony. Oh, so I get the drop? No, no, there's just no drop. We're no dropping. We're just, we're just going for it. Yeah. You asshole. Yeah. Um, how about uh, if you're looking on IMDb? Yes. The Deer Hunter. Do you see what his picture is? I'm not on IMDb. I was on Wiki, but I will go to IMDb. Yeah, uh, Ted White. Ted White. I saw that he looks familiar. I feel like I should know who he is. Starman hits a star. Nope, we don't have. We can't clear. Well, that. he he we did stunts that. in Escape from New York and oh, Wow Wow Wow. Well, the picture it's it's Jason Voorhees. Which one is he? It's. Is he the original? He's not the original. No, well, no. He's no, not the, fr- the final one. chapter and the... Oh, wait. What the fuck? He's in Tron. What? He's what? Guard 3 in oh, Tron. Okay. Oh, sure. my guard three. God. Sure. Well, the iconic Guard 3, clearly. But wait a minute. We've connected this even more. The, yes, yes. Oh, my God. I'm freaking oh, in, out right now. He's in the Fall Guy, the TV series. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, you know, yeah, he's more importantly, a stunt performer. He's in fucking Tron. That's awesome. What the fuck? He's in Escape from New York, which we've talked about, which we talked about here. Ro Romancing the Stone. Love that movie. Yeah, Love yeah. That movie. He was on uh, Man from Uncle. I mean, he's a big fucking dude. Does it say here on his he's six four? Yeah, he's a big dude. He, he's six four and not like beanpole six four. He's like massive. Yeah. Well, that's why he played Jason Voorhees. Yeah, right, right. He's the ultimate douchebag. When he saddles up to to Jenny Hayden, he's like, Oh, he's the one. It's his deer on the car. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Got it. And may we just talk about that moment for a second? So, (laughs) Starman goes out there, uses one of his little silver balls to bring the deer back to life that the hunter's obviously shot. Yep. It runs away. Jenny Hayden sees this all happen. 
Then the hunter walks up and starts hitting on Jenny Hayden. Excuse me, miss. You strike me as a meteor. I could fix you up with a nice haunch of venison. Maybe even a shot of pork if you could. Looks out there and it's like, oh, that son of a bitch. You saw nothing happen. For all you know, he's out there being like, where's your dead deer? Like, he is down to fight without knowing all the facts. He's a douche. He's, he's 100% a douche. He gets yep. everything that's coming to him and he smashes into that bus. Agree. And I love the line <laughs> that, from, that he says to the state. Damn it, Sergeant, we've been here since Saturday this afternoon. Now, when can we leave? Sorry, did you just tell the cop when you're allowed to leave? <laughs> See how that goes for you, buddy. As soon as the federals say so, and not one damn minute before. Yeah, good luck to you. See how that goes for you. <laughs> how about the, uh, do you love the moment, the one weird trick the casinos hate to win it all? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, how... Such simpler times. There's no, like, computer saying it's a malfunction. Nope. It's got the three bars. He wins. Well, and then she's like, don't, uh, you know, space it out. And he goes for the $500,000 jackpot, and they end up 50, in just like... 50000 Either way, then yeah, they, yeah. they had cash to burn. Well, let's I mean, see. how much uh, was that Cadillac? Three, almost three times. So that's one hundred and fifty, almost one hundred and fifty k. they walk out of there with. Yeah. Oh, hang on. 1981. No, no, I go 81. Well, I did the 84 when it was released. No, the was, Cadillac. Oh, the Cadillac. <laughs> did they buy? They didn't buy a Coupe de Ville. Wow, what fucking Cadillac did they buy? How much do I love the um, Cobra that they start the movie in? Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Jesus Christ, how, that's a beautiful car. How about Jenny oh, it's Hayden? A, it's, a, it's a Cadillac Seville. Seville, okay. What did those go for in 81? Or 84, it doesn't matter. Way. How much did the Cadillac cost in 1981? 17. Okay, so great. They've got more than uh, they've got more than 20. They could have bought no two problem. fucking Cadillacs. They could have bought two. That's right. Almost three. Almost three. Uh, mm. I love that they just drive off the lot. No plates on that thing. I'm like, matter. ah, the 80s was a simpler time. Simpler time. Yep. Credit? Paper tags. Yeah, you got you got ta- you got cash? Yeah, we got oh, a car. Here you go. Right, see you later. Great actor who shows up, the G-Man. Who uh, so first of all the the, <laughs> the the agent who has sympathy Mark Sherman is he's not an agent he's oh he oh. works for SETI oh he works for SETI that's right that's right he's on he's pretty much on loan from SETI to the he, government he flashes a credential but it's right it, it's the SETI it's just sure. for SETI yeah it's a government ID um, so the amazing Charles Martin Smith I think his iconic role will always be as one of the Untouchables and sadly the Untouchable who is. Killed by uh, Nettie in the in the elevator. Yeah, he's such a good actor. He's so good, right? But he's so good in this. He he's not the one I'm going to point to though. His foil, the the G man who is you know USA USA uh, who USA is uncredited in this movie. No, Richard Jackal. Yeah. Richard Jackal, one hundred percent. George Fox. He's not credited. Wait, that he is. That's one hundred percent right. Look at the. I'm looking uh, at it right now. So I'm on Wiki. All right, Richard J. I mean, he's got to be credited. He's got to be. No, he's, he's, he's not. In, he's not in top cast. I'm sure he's in. Well, I'm on the thing here, and I'm trying to figure out how to get to the full uh, cast. There we go. F- uh, Fox. Uh, yeah, he's okay. So he's on the IMDb. He's not in the top cast. He's but, on the IMDb, but he is uncredited. What it is it? Is, uh, I thought he was. Hang no, on. I don't. I don't think that's right. I, I think that's incorrect. Fox's assistant. What was his name? No, not Fox's assistant. No, no, no. No. Fox. No. no. Oh, there it is. I'm sorry. Richard Richard Jackal? Yeah. 
do you recognize him? We've he we've watched his movies before. Yeah, he's in the Dirty Dozen. The Dirty Dozen. Yes, he's the. He's also in Airplane, the sequel. <laughs> oh, I uh, it does not compute. Four hundred four. Air not found. Uh, movie not found. Aww. No, the amazing Sergeant Bowren from the Dirty Dozen. One of mm-hmm. the one of the three survivors of the mission. Yep. 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 Yeah. Oh, and he's such a douche. He's so good. He's so good. Except when he shows up at the end at the diner after he's got those Coke bottle glasses yeah. on. And he's like, Oh, you're finished. I would like, I'm sorry. I can't take you serious. Yeah. In this. You got bug eyes right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love the fact that Mark Sherman constantly is putting a cigar in his mouth, yeah. never lights it until he lets Starman and Jenny go. Yeah. It's the switch to the rebellion side. Yep. It's such a such a cool character trait. And I wonder if that's Carpenter or if that was Mark that brought that to the table. Oh, that's a good question. So I got another who did it better. All right. The alien who comes to Earth. Is it Starman from Starman? Is it Paul from the movie Paul with Jesus. Seth Rogen, Simon Pegg, and that Nick Frost? Fucking Christ. Or, and you can pick the original or the remake. Is it the alien from The Day the Earth Stood Still? His Starman. Oh, okay. So going back for, in Tron. Um, yes, his in, his cube. In, Bradley, in his cube. In his cube. It says Brada Niktu. Yeah. Yes. You, and you're like, yay. what the fuck? The, yes. Why do yes. you have this in your office? Because you're a fucking geek. Yes. Yes. I love it. That's I had a note for that and I was like, eh, it didn't matter. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It always matters. Hey, do you know uh the cook that drives Starman after he abandons Jenny after bringing her back to life? You know who that also is? Uh he Don't looked look familiar. I am not looking it up. Oh, he's in a little movie called Back to the Future. He's the bum on the bench. What? Crazy, crazy drunk drivers. George Buckflower. Yep. No kid, the bum on the bench. Bum on the bench. Red the bum is what he's listed at. He's also in They Live, Vills of the Damned. Yeah. Red. The, oh, my God. Oh, shit. He's got a shit ton of credits. Well, he had. He's no, Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Died in 2004. How many IMDb credits? He had. 166. Oh, my Lord. Good oh, for him. Yeah. He did a shit ton of uh, Power Rangers, I'm looking here. Homeless man, bearded man. <laughs> Bartender, bartender. <laughs> wow, Jesus Christ. I need a homeless guy. Get me George Flower. Yeah, give me Buck oh, Flower. His picture on IMDb, the beret, that is 100%. Was that from Back to the Future? No. No. I, that beret picture is very familiar. Who would I know him from? Okay. Oh, there. That's interesting. All right. Huh. Okay. Yeah. One of his photos on IMDb, the Fourth one in is him, crazy drunk driver. Oh, yes. Yeah, there he is. Yep. Okay. Casey, what else you want to talk about in Starman? Oh, so much. Um, <laughs> did you get kind of a, from the spaceship, did you get a fly the navigator feel from his spaceship? I didn't when I watch it, when I watch it, but now that you say it, I see that. Yeah. Specifically when they're doing the hyperspace in fly the navigator at the end of the movie to take him back. Sure. To his original time. Yeah, so alternate universe. What do you feel about that? I feel like this is before Hollywood knew how to say this is an alternate universe. Having it be Johnny B. Good, having Voyager 2 be lost, yeah. it very much feels like it's alternate universe stuff going on here. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense, right? Because to your point, like Voyager 2 wasn't lost, right? Like, it's, Yeah, it's still, it's literally still out there doing shit. Well, do we know? 
Well, mm-hmm. I guess we know, I guess we know where it is. All right. Um, yeah. We, no, I don't I, think we have an exact, but we get. Well, we have a, the we have the delay of however long it takes the radio signal to reach. And it. I feel like we're still getting shit from it to this day. I mean, it's not anything that that the. I mean, James Webb Telescope is knocking everything out of the park right now, but I know Voyager's still sending back signal. When I was uh, looking up stuff for this. Yeah. Uh, Voyager 2 remains in contact with Earth through the NASA Deep Space Network. Interesting. It's Still pretty fucking wild, 45 right? years later. Yeah. I, they, it must have like a, it must have like solar cells on it, right? Like it, it must. Oh, sure. It's, it's oh, yeah. It is now in interstellar, interstellar space, though. <sighs> That's amazing. It has, as of early November 2018... NASA announced that Voyager 2 had crossed the outer edge of our solar system. Voyager 1 crossed the boundary into interstellar space back in 2012. Voyager 2 is now approximately 12 billion miles away from the Earth and counting. Well, look, we've got to launch four more or Star Trek can't come true. (laughs) Voyager 6 has to go out there to become V'ger. Spoilers for... For, Star Trek, the motion picture. For the worst Star Trek movie of all of them? Oh, no, sir. That go, oh. that wonderful honor goes to Star Trek Nemesis. Oh, got it. All right. You know, there's a theory that suggests that it may not be a good idea to be sending out a beacon that's saying, hey, look at us, look at us, look at us, into the void. At this point, yeah. Um, well, let's let's discuss that. Do you think there's other life in the universe for what, the, real other other life in the universe? The, there is one thousand percent. There is Thank no you. way. There is that no we way are that, it? that we are it. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah, the, the universe is too big. You know what? It really annoys me is the pseudo scientific approach where they will say like, imagine that you know like one percent. Like they start using like these percentages to start knocking it down. Then they're like, no, it's totally reasonable that we're the only life. I'm like, you are off on the size of the magnet of the universe by orders of magnitude, right? There like it's, literally parts of the universe we haven't discovered yet that we haven't seen. Yeah, it's yeah, yes. That's why that that giant picture that the Hubble spaceship took or spaceship Hubble satellite took yep. of all the different. It is titled The Known Universe. Yeah. Yeah. There's other yeah. shit going on out there. Honestly, there could be another Earth. <laughs> like, the, I don't doubt any of that shit. The, the universe is so big. There is, right? Like, there is. There are there are forms of life that we can't envision, right? Like, we are familiar with carbon-based life forms. Yeah, there are carbon-based life forms out there. Because in the past decade, we have found six or seven Earths. Yeah. Like our oxygen, we could live on that planet. And anyone who's still like, there's no other life in the universe, like, you're fucking moron. It's you're right there moron. for you. Yeah. Speaking of denying science, hello, Florida. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No. So sorry. Ron DeSantis, so go suck a bag of dicks. I had the very unfortunate, I had today, I unfollowed someone on Facebook who has been a close friend for decades. Oh, no. Who I can, so I didn't unfriend. I unfollowed. Just to not see their shit anymore. To not yeah. see their shit. And the worst part is they put out some really funny stuff, and they also put out some batshit crazy right-wing shit. And I was like, I, was like, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. So I, I gave up. I haven't lost any friends to conspiracy theory in a bit. I lost someone at the height of COVID who was like pseudo anti-COVID stuff. And finally, I was like, hey, dude, I got to ask you. Is are you anti COVID? And he's like, it's just a cold. I'm like, ah, 
and we're done. And Goodbye. Yep. Yep. And then he sent me some YouTube link. I'm like, always a good argument sending someone a YouTube link. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Speaking of which. Yes. What I love about this movie. Yes, please. And obviously what John Carpenter loves about this movie is one specific moment. And I alluded to it at the beginning that this is showing how great humanity can be. Mm. When Mark and Starman and Jenny are in the second diner. Yep. And when he's Mark like, lets him go. And before he lets no, him no, go, yeah, before, when he's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, when he's like, we are interested in your species. You mean some kind of an anthropologist? Is that what you're doing here? Just checking us out? You are a strange species, not like any other. And you would be surprised how many there are. Intelligent but savage. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are at your very best when things are worst. That fucking line, the framing, it is the most beautiful shot aside from like the country, the the landscape of fucking America. The way they frame Jeff Bridges in that, you're like, this is a really important line to John Carpenter. It's an, it is not a perspective I would expect from John Carpenter based on his other works right like yeah and you know, the like earnestness in, of the yeah. way that jeff bridges gives that line i'm like this should have been on the poster like that's the line from this movie yeah like yeah. you know up yours and you know uh dutch apple pie and all these sure. other things but you are at your best when you are at your worst yeah that's but no good. When, I, wait a minute hang on I, that's not what it is i'm saying it wrong you are at your it's got to be a quote hang on and also just point of order in to head off any uh, reshoots. Uh, I'm sorry, you were right. It was a half a million dollar slot jackpot, not 50,000. As I said, it was a half a million. You were So correct. they're fucking, Jenny's set. <laughs> yeah, so 20 Cadillacs. He's all set. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It is, you're at your very best when things, things. are worse. Yes, yes. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that is an optimism. There's a sadness in Starman's voice in that line. The, like you, it, 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 it's almost like he's like being like, "You need to see this as a species." Well, yeah. When things are bad, you thrive. So this is a great segue to to start talking about both movies. What else do you want to talk about in here, or I'm, or will? Because I, I definitely want to connect these two movies. And I, I mean, it's unfortunate that the planet comes in and destroys our atmosphere and kills yeah. us all at the end. <laughs> right, right. That's true. How, it, it, turned, it went from suck to blow. How about... So this is a rare instance where John, John Carpenter doesn't do the orchestration. Yes. The soundtrack. Correct. But holy fuck, how beautiful is the Starman theme? It's really good. It's fucking haunting. This is an underrated movie. This should be a cult classic, but it is not as well known as it should be. I've never seen this movie start to finish. I've seen pieces of it. So fucking Never watched it start to finish before today. I'm so glad you picked this because I was so happy to watch it. And this is not a knock on on, on you, but but it's so interesting that we both chose Jeff Bridges' movies after you chose one. Yep. But you chose high um, uh, High science fiction. Yeah, like effects. And I chose... Humanity, and yeah. you know it's it's DC to Marvel movies. Like Marvel movies are great. I'm not here to to shit on Marvel movies, but Marvel <laughs> did see, movies. Did you see me getting into fighting mode? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Marvel movies, aside from like Guardians of the Galaxy three and a couple other ones, are more popcorny movies in a good way, in the best way possible. Like 
I um, fucking love them, but there is not as much substance that, or the I, idea of substance that some DC movies have brought us. Not not later, not later DC movies uh, like Black Adam can go suck a bag of dicks. Also, I, I will admit there's plenty of popcorn movies in the MCU to to pull from. However, mm-hmm. the Winter Soldier, sure. Uh, you mentioned Guardians have heart, has heart. I mean, even like the heart of yeah. I, I wouldn't even call Ant Man. I mean, Ant Man had surprising heart. Uh, you know, wait, why am sure. I, no, but not, you know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm no, just, I know what it, you're saying. It definitely shows like what formed our what is a great movie. Tron's a good movie. I'm not. I'm definitely not here to say I I didn't have a blast watching it. Sure, sure. But man, I, this movie, Starman sits with you. For like a day or two afterwards. Yeah, uh, I, For me, I think, at least. I think they're very, very different movies. I think they're oh, yeah, very, well, very well, different yes, movies. Yes, yeah, 100%. Clear, right. Um, and, and I'm sure that part of my take, I'm sure, is part of nostalgia, right? But, and again, and I've talked about this on the podcast, right? That the era which Tron came out, and I saw Tron already as a you know, 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old loving, loving science fiction and fantasy and having so few options. And then a movie like Tron comes along and it has, it looks like no movie I've ever seen before. And it has this cool science fiction story. Oh. Like, so I'm sure that some of that's nostalgic. The more fantastical, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's totally true. That's totally true. More fantastical versus grounded. How about that? Uh, like yeah, save save you know him making I, the the GPS in the in the uh, Mustang Cobra sure and the I, the silver balls and him leaving he just walks into the blue mist. There's mm-hmm. no like beam me up Scotty shit or anything, and you never see you don't even see the spaceship leave. It's just a shot of Karen Allen giving us yeah. the holy fuck he, he he an alien that I fucked is leaving. So the what so perfect segue. The last thing I want to bring up, and certainly whatever else you want to bring up, you mentioned it earlier. I was not aware of a potential sequel. I know there was a TV series of Star that's Man. what I'm talking about. Oh, that's, okay, but they clearly, I didn't say potential. Both Tron because Legacy well, is a sure. failure, and uh, Starman. Like now, do you know who stars in Starman the TV series? I feel it's not Scott Bakula. I feel like I should mm. know. No, that's Quantum Leap, sir. That's Quantum Leap. Right. No, no I said it's not. dare you. No, I said it's not. It is not. Robert Hayes. Robert Hayes. from Air, Not from Airplane. 100% from Airplane. That guy is Starman? What? Come on. Yeah, he's Starman. Okay. I don't see remember him? that. Yep. Okay. And the only actor to come back. Oh, no. Wow. Nobody comes back. I'm sorry. I, I, I was a big fat liar. But the... Uh, Scott. Oh, it came out just a couple years later, 86 to 87. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, it fucking bombed. I think they kill off Jenny Hayden. Oh, but wait, because he's not Starman, because of course it's about his child. God. Right. Okay. Christopher okay. Daniel Barnes. I was, is, okay. I was thinking he was like Jeff Bridges. No, he's clearly not. Okay. So oh, I thought he, wait a minute. He's. Oh no! Alien he returns to Paul Earth. Forrester, yeah. Starman. What? Oh no! Okay. Is there anywhere to watch this? Christopher Daniel Barnes is Scott Hayden Jr. Do I have to? I don't want to watch this. Watch on crack. I might. I might watch the pilot and see how terrible it is. Uh, you watch it and tell me how it is. I imagine it's pretty awful. I um, would assume so. Do you know who Christopher Daniel Barnes is? I do not, but I see a picture of him now, and he has a massive beard. He is a 
Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid, the <gasps> animated movie. What? He's also Greg Brady from a very Brady bunch movie and a very Brady sequel. And he was a Spiderman. And Spider-Man was. On, the, uh, on the old 90s animated series. Was that him? What? Yeah. Sure that was is not. crazy. Yeah, he's had a fucking career. Wow, good for him. Yeah, he was Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Holy shit. 65 episodes, eight, 94 to 98. Holy shit. That was a pretty good... I don't know if you ever watched that. Uh, I didn't seek it out. I may have seen it in passing. Yeah. Fucking, fucking wild show. Wow. They all just right. did all the batshit crazy stuff. The Venom happened during that time, and just, uh, it was wild. Madness. The quote here on the IMDb page, it's Tombstone and Spider-Man. Tombstone says, come down here and fight like a man. Spider-Man, I don't suppose I could convince you to come up here and fight like a spider. <laughs> that's fucking Spider-Man right there. That's that's Spider-Man. That's the quips. 100%. Ah, it's so right. good. Okay. Failed sequels on both. We also have the Jeff Bridges uh, connection. We also sure. have the fucking... Uh, Redneck Hunter connection in both. <laughs> Would you put these both in this order? If let's say we like got the army together, yeah, to watch and, them and we we're gonna to watch them. Um, would it be would it be Tron to to yeah, Starman or Starman to Tron? Yeah, I'd go. I would go. I would go chronological order. Tron release uh, order. Tron to Starman. So the few times I've been to actual double features. Yep. I mean, they did a weird one. I think we I talked about it before. With Heart and Souls, the uh, Robert Downey Jr. movie. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, was that a musical? Nope. No. I mean, there's but, a there, he sings a song oh, in it, okay. but it's not a musical. So yeah, same. But thing. the the second movie was Jurassic Park, and I, and even as a kid, I'm like, I don't know how these connect. Yes. But with double features, yes. the few times or, or triple features, like there's a great drive-in still here in Minetto. Yes. Yeah. And they'll do really cool double and triple features that make sense, but it's always like the more kid friendly is the first one, Tron. Sure. And then the, then more, the more cerebral serious. Yeah. yeah. It's the second movie. Starman. Because the kids have fallen asleep. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely would put them in that order. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I I think they're two I think they are two great movies that are very different. Yeah. I'm definitely I just I cannot be clear enough that even though I find Tron rather fucking goofy, um and kind of like it's still a fun. We watch. did it. High five, freeze, and credits kind of yeah. end to it. It's still a good movie. It's yeah. still a good movie. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. weird in both. What is? How does he greet them at the end? What does he call them? What? What is the? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? What is the greet? Oh, what he says? Greetings. I can't think of the word. And he says greetings in Sarman to uh, the guy with the tire iron wrench. Oh right. <laughs> like fuck. There are a lot of similarities. Salutations. Yeah. 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 Salutations. There you Salutations. go. Salutations. Yeah. So, you know, what I love about comparing and contrasting these movies, both of these movies have this element of humanity looking out at the unknown. Yeah. But, boy, what a different take on the unknown from each of those. Mm-hmm. So in Tron, it is an intimidating, scary, threatening view. Yeah. And it's Starman, it is that like optimism the hope that maybe we could aspire to be a better people if we could speak true nerd for a second please tron is star wars starman is star trek 
Tron is Star The Wars. constant battle between good and evil. Yep. The betterment of humanity. Okay. I mean, yeah. Star yeah. Trek has done I, some dark I, stories, but yeah. I, you know, I if I were asked to put those two, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek on opposite sides of the paper and then define them, you know, I typically will say Star Wars is fantasy, Star, Star Trek, Trek is, is science fiction. But the way you framed it, that's that's not bad. I, I'm yeah. I'm good with that too. That's another. That's a yes and. And yeah, also, yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what that, I th- I think that's what makes them work so well together is that it shows dire situations with a positive ending. Yep, and not not dire situations, but like there is a sense of urgency, obviously, in Starman. Three days and he's dead. Sure, kind of feel with a with a. I understand why Columbia shelved this because it very much. Uh, you, there are case could be made. Alien comes to Earth, bonds with somebody, is dying, has to get on a spaceship to go back home, or will th- no, they no, will no. die? No, other way around. <laughs> Columbia shelved Night Skies. That n- Columbia. No, no, no. This was Co- a Columbia movie. And then Columbia shelved this for th- for two years. Oh, this was oh, Scott and eighty two. I'm sorry. I thought yeah. you meant, I, so they went yeah, with yeah. Starman and then shelved it for two years. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Because if they've released the same year, everyone like so it's ET, but with adults fucking. Like it's <laughs> it's the same story. Like down to Jenny says to Starman at the end, "Take me with you." Yeah. Yeah. Just I, like Elliot does. Sure. I mean, it's the beauty of like in three days. He's able to learn to love, right? Like that's it, it is, it, it, and again, almost it's a pretty jarringly, fucking beautiful movie. Yeah, yeah, almost jarringly inconsistent with Carpenter's other stuff. Like it almost makes you wonder, like, how did Carpenter end up in this weird horror, scary, uncomfortable space when clearly Starman is an optimistic movie? It's yeah, I don't get it. Well, I mean, sure. so Wes Craven's known as like a horror movie director, right? Very much so. He did a little movie in 2000 called From the Heart, a school, a story of a school teacher struggle to teach violin to inner city Harlem kids. Meryl Streep, Cloris Leachman, Aiden Quinn, Angela Bassett, Josh Pius. Like, this is a serious he, movie that is what, like... 2000 Wes Craven? Yeah, Wes Craven. From the Heart? Directed by Wes Craven. Music of the Heart. Music uh, of the Heart. Uh, directed by Wes Craven, written by Pamela Gray. Not a great. It's six point seven on IMDb. So I'm I'm wondering how many of those reviews like there wasn't enough murder in this movie. <laughs> He's supposed to be scary. Uh, immediately following the phenomenal Director success, Wes Craven, yeah, yeah, Holy of shit. the original Scream movie, Bob and Harvey uh, Weinstein yeah. offered Wes Craven three picture deal, two of which would be a horror, and the last would be a petticoat film, costume drama. For which the wine scenes were known for at the time, which Craven, a fan of classic music, chose to be this film. So he chose this movie. So, yes, there's got to be something in horror movie directors that make them want to go outside the box. That's so interesting because you know, because I've said this about a bazillion times, I love when comedic actors take the serious turn. And I typically point to. Bill Murray's role in The Razor's Edge. I think you can point to Jim Carrey in um, 
the moon, uh, the, man the Andy Kaufman, Man of the Moon. Right, like, I, I love Good that. Morning Vietnam. Good Morning Vietnam with Robin Williams. Starts yeah. funny and, and serious, and you're like, but whoa. It, and it's real drama in there, right? Just yeah, like yeah, funny yeah. moments. Yeah, that's, I had I had no idea that Wes Craven had, had done that. I, I, I'm guilty of clearly only think of him as a horror guy. Oh, that's so unfair to him. And, uh, I mean, while we're on it, uh, the guy who was the fucking body in Halloween directed an amazing um, sci-fi movie that we'll probably review at some point on this podcast, The Last Starfighter. Oh, well, that Nick was... Nick Castle. Uh, Nick Castle, I, the guy who plays I the body. Wait, that was the... That was... Yep. So it was, for me, my pick was either Tron or The Last Starfighter, and it came down to Tron at the end, but that was... I mean, yeah. But the la- you knew that, right? I did. I did not know that. Yeah, the guy who is the shape, like yeah. None of the. I don't think any of the stunt work, which is like creepy Michael Myers standing around Nick Castle. Yeah, directed the Last Starfighter, which is that's, just like the fucking wildest piece of trivia of all time. That's wild. Holy cow! And the Last Starfighter is such a good movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, it's been a minute. It's since not seen pretty it. good. It's a fucking awesome movie. Have you? It's got. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. But oh. I mean, I, it's also another one that heavily it has used Robert Preston in it as as Centauri. Yeah, and he sings a whole song about how they've got trouble in the uh, <laughs> in the galaxy. In the oh, Centauri's no. uh, nebula. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, that's awesome. Hey Casey, um, those were two movies those um, were. that we both just really fucking love listen i tell you what you put these two on a double feature i'm going peeps we did it this is a good double feature yeah the next summer just to keep with the summertime fun time theme sure won't be this do we want to lock in uh crisis on infinite earths oh i i think we have to i think that's a great okay. idea so tell our, our folks a little bit about that so i'm gonna try and find because i'm on a fan edit reddit page where people are like fan editing stuff. And I'm looking to see if someone has taken Christ on infinite earths and taken the five part thing and kind of smushed it and moved some stuff around, taking out scenes that don't matter Ed, Yep, to make it a feature length film. If not, it's five 44 minute episodes. It's really not that hard. <laughs> um, and a lot of it is like, and then the heroes fight. <laughs> yeah, like you know, <laughs> right. a lot of it can be really gone through. But that, I think that's what we'll do next summer. Okay, I'm good with that. As always, I think that our fans or our listeners, our audience, should let us know what they think. Oh, how yeah. does this uh, work? Yeah, look at the liner notes. We yeah. already gave our email, the email for the podcast. Everything else in the liner notes. But again, reinforcing the idea that like if this works, if you like this, I mean, it's a long episode. Who knows what the final edit will be? But uh, oh, it's adorable that you think two hours and nineteen minutes is a long episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of yeah. raw. Like that's fair. That's fair. No, no, no. I well, I'm operating in the, under the assumption that this is largely unedited. But who knows yeah. what'll actually release to our audience? I mean, your racist. Uh, tyrant sure, that you went through. Uh, gotta cut that. My gotta manifesto. Cut it. How dare you? Oh, okay. There was some foul language in there. I know. I can't believe it. Uh, but Casey, you know who we should absolutely thank? Oh, did it show up? I'm sure it did. Uh, did it? Yeah, it probably did. Night Shift Radio? Well, we should thank Night Shift Radio. Sure, let's, let's thank them. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hang on. Could you say that in not a kind of like, well, I guess, kind of way? No, well, that wasn't who I was thinking of. But yes, <laughs> but, <laughs> in addition to... 
thank you to our friends at Night Shift Radio who welcomed us in a few seasons ago and have been nothing but incredibly supportive to everything we've done. Thank you. Thank you for giving us a home here. To our listeners, if you have not checked out the other shows on Night Shift Radio, oh my gosh, what's even the point? Like, what's even the point? I mean, so much good stuff out there. I have where no mom has gone before. We have both been on uh, Never Heard of It a bunch of times, including I, reviewing She-Hulk. You just did Fourth Pillar Play. I did. It was so much fun. You surprising little son of a bitch. Yes. All of a sudden, I was like, why is Todd sharing all this for? Wait a minute. <laughs> yes. It's a and d That's, you know, Casey, yeah. you dabbled in it. You dabbled in it. It was it was deeper than your experience level. That's all. It's Wow. Wow. You weren't ready for it. You weren't ready for it. You were the third level uh, adventurer trying to go down to like the seventh level of the dungeon. You're not ready, man. You're just not ready. You lost me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, check out all that. Uh, you know, there's and, also some back catalog stuff that's yeah, out there. Head over to nsrad.io. You'll see all of the stuff there and go give a listen to our, our friends across the network. There's so much good stuff there and it's all free. Go check it yeah, out. Yeah, it's all free. Thanks to Michael and Sabrina. Yes, yes, yes. If there was music in this episode... There will be. Our opening title will be there. Okay, then our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompetech.com. Yeah, our beer music yeah. will probably put that. Go ahead. Okay, I'll put the beer music in. So our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at silvermansound.com. So that'll do it for this summertime fun time episode of the Superpod HeroCast. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And I've been your moderator, Danny Ryan. Be heroic. I didn't count. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's fine. That's good. Oh, we did it, buddy. We did it, man. One, two, three. One. I don't need those. Okay, that's true. That's right. You don't. Okay. <clears throat> all right. So welcome, all we need to do well, then. Welcome to the outtakes. Now, his, until the Hun said the same thing. The, and when uh, he saw his mother, Niagara <laughs> Falls. One of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. Oh, uh, with, without a doubt. Yeah. Commander. Where are we? We seem to be stuck in an alternate dimension. And you're no longer a captain, you're a commander. Commander. Dear God, are you a lieutenant? And why are you talking like that? Oh no, I don't I don't know why I'm talking like that. But no, I seem uh, to have no rank! Only the title of Doctor? I don't think there are admirals either. Captain! I mean Commander, I mean. Look, Casey, we are getting a message. It seems we have been tasked with reviewing a historical document entitled Galaxy Quest? Then there's no moment to spare. Engage! Now, I, I I don't think um, Night Shift Radio Legal has cleared usage of engage, so you might want to just oh. dial that back there. All right. Well, then, I guess it's up to us to say, join us over on the Where No Mom Has Gone Before podcast as we review 1999's Galaxy Quest. Never give up. Never surrender. Mom! Combat, exploration, and roleplay. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons & Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest role-playing game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters? 
execute your own adventures, design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the Fourth Pillar of Play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the fourth pillar of play, available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. And we look forward to creating with you. Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at... The amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 And be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other. (laughs) All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. (laughs) 